again and welcome to another episode of uh rambling up notable topics i guess this is so we're going to call this alex sure let, let's call it that okay. let's call it rambling against notable topics <laughs> okay well welcome and uh we have a special stream here and as you can see we have a nice top 10 movies of 2017 going up here and oh boy how did that 50 shades darker screen thing get up there oh boy that must Two. be uh I must God spoilers for why? Alex's favorite film of the year, everyone. Just so everyone's yeah. aware. That's, Just so y'all know, you can stop here. listening now. Can... <laughs> wow, it's all over, is it? I it's... can't believe you spoiled it that soon. Well, you know, I. Sorry, man. I mean, I just yeah. I left it in there when we weren't talking about it. But... Okay. Well, well, you know, well. <laughs> I'll just go home. Welcome, everyone. Uh, we have a What's special. Up, everybody, uh, welcome. This is uh, cool, right? We're like face up, doing some stuff on Facebook here. We're no, also no. Recording you, you were this. right the first time. Face up. Face up. We're Face recording, up. We're recording this as well, so we'll also have an audio episode for this for everyone who uh, doesn't like to watch things with their eyeballs or likes to listen to things more than once. Uh, that's probably just me. But yeah, welcome anyway. You. We're all glad that you're all here to uh, enjoy this with us. We're going to be talking about the our top 10 movies of 2017, but not strictly just the top 10. Some other movies that uh, you know we liked. Wanted to talk about Noteworthy or some movies that we weren't so fond of. Neither of us, neither of us have seen Fifty Shades Darker. I mean, well, no. I'm speaking for my, on behalf of myself. I'm not sure about Alex, but... No, I, I, I haven't. Not yet. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. So, we're going to do a little something special here this time. We have... Uh, we're going to be spinning the wheel. Let me show everyone what the wheel looks like here. Oh, I can't wait to see this wheel. The wheel. The okay, wheel. So what we did this year was instead of just going boring through our top tens as we normally do, we are going to be going. We, we gave each other. Alex gave me his list. I don't know the order exactly. He gave me a list of what was it, like 14 movies or so, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like to, his top 10 mixed in with two movies that he just missed out and then two movies that um, he wasn't so crazy about. Same thing with me. And uh, we put them all into the wheel, consolidated into the wheel. That's why there's about 24, 6 there. We added a couple other ones. We have some similarities on our list, of course. And we'll be spinning it. And then whatever it lands on, we will talk about. And then we will update the top 10 list accordingly. So you'll know on our list if, if, if the movie that we, we land on is anywhere on the list. Pretty, pretty cool, right? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think so. So we are missing Sean this year, so we, we do miss yeah. – uh, Sean wasn't able to make it on the podcast, so um, he uh, gave me, he did give me his list to uh, talk about really quickly, and I just want to kind of go over that really quick just for his sake so that, you know, he's, uh, he's a part of this. So actually, this is the first time, Alex, I'm thinking about it, that we, you and I have done the Top 10 episode. Uh, it was about like 2012 or something, I think it was the last time that you and I did it. Jeez, um, yeah, and yes. this is what the eleventh or twelfth 
year doing this? As far as recording it as an actual episode, I think 2011, I think, was the first time I did it. 2011 or 2012, uh, one of the two. Okay. Oh, but so, you, you have been doing the top 10 list for I've that long. I've made, physically made a list since 2006, uh, since like my first year in uh, college, actually. I see. So, pretty cool. Um, so, Alec, or so, Sean's top 10, or top 5, yeah. rather. We're just going to go through them. His number 5 was Mother. The Darren Aronofsky film. His number four film was Lady Bird. All right. His number three film, A Ghost Story. His number two film, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And his number one movie of 2017, The Florida Project. Hmm. Which I unfortunately have not seen. I did not, I was not able to see that this year. So, uh, nor have I. Right. The rest of that list yeah. I, I've seen, you will be mentioning, uh, you'll probably hear mention of some of these later, but uh, as far as Florida Project, yeah, I, I did try and see it, um, just kind of ran out of time, honestly. Like, there was, there's a lot of stuff to watch this year, it was crazy. Um, yeah. I ran out of time. How, how do you feel about 2017, just overall, before we kind of get into our thing? Like, how did you just kind of feel of overall, like, as far as the movies come out and everything? Overall, I felt like 2017 was a better year for movies, personally, Um there were a lot more experimental films in there that um, I personally liked. It wasn't exact. It wasn't a year where you have all these. I mean, there there are your Oscar contenders, but there's also the, the there are also films that I thought were just different. You know. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Mother being one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, a we're, ghost we're, story being another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, you're going to hear us talk a little bit more about Mother yeah. um, in a little bit here, but. Uh, so yeah, that was Sean's top five. So um, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you very much, Sean. So let's let's go to the wheel. Let's go to the wheel. All right. So spin up. I think there's some sounds on the wheel too. I'm not sure. You know, I'm gonna have a little sip of coffee before we get to the wheel. Okay. Because um, just because. Okay. I'm gonna have a little sip of whiskey while you're having your sip of oh, coffee. Oh. So. Okay. All right, and the wheel spin. Oh, there is noises. This is amazing. This is the best episode we've ever done. First movie up. Yes. Okja. Hey. Okja, which was the Netflix film by Boon Jong Ho. Sounds about right to me. I think that's his name. I'm probably butchering it and I feel awful right now. But was this movie on your top 10, Alex? This movie was, in fact, on my top 10. Uh, This was my number eight film your number eight film okay yes this unfortunately did not make my top 10 oh in 2017 but that's not that's not to say anything about it necessarily it's uh still a fine film i I thought okja was um was quite good honestly like we're gonna definitely you're gonna hear us talk about the the crazy amount of stuff that netflix has put out this year and insane the, amount the quality not only just the amount but the sheer quality of movies that they've put out it's crazy they, they're they're dumping so much money on it um and okja was a movie that when, when did that come out uh, june it says it right there june june 28th came out um you know and, and honestly i hadn't even heard a ton about it before it came out um but then i knew who the director was he's the guy uh, who did snowpiercer and uh, the host so he's done some films that i've seen that that i really enjoyed and then came into this watching expecting a lot and um so yeah this is obviously you enjoyed it on your list what, what did you think I did. I thought it was a very fun and uh, at the same time heartfelt movie. Um, But also it was very, man, 
just so well in so i i really liked the beginning to the film um the pacing was very good and it it made me think that we were going down a completely different road until we got to you know the uh, what the hell is the corporation called yeah i i don't offhand whatever it's called i can't recall right tilda's tilda's corporation of of giant pigs uh okay whatever 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 that was uh i I don't i just that that element of the film was very unexpected for me i was expecting something more of a because of the setup uh my neighbor totoro that type of thing sure just more more of a a supernatural uh experience because you know what i try to avoid watching trailers and nowadays that's incredibly difficult to do if you're browsing netflix especially because (laughs) if you haven't noticed every time depending on the platform that you're watching watching it on you're getting an autoplay trailer Mm-hmm. And that, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, because if it's a Netflix trailer, nine times out of 10, that's a custom Netflix trailer. If you're getting a, you know, a, a, a non-Netflix film or television show, sometimes it's a very, it's just, it's like automatically generated because okay. there's cheesy music that plays over it. Right. Um, so I had fresh eyes. I had kind of a fresh perspective going into it, just a clean just very clean perspective. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly, uh, I liked, I liked the movie. Yeah. I did. No, for it had sure. a lot to say. It was very, uh, had a, a strong message, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's so hard to, if, just humor me. What, if you had to, um, fit this film into, if you had to give it a genre, what would you consider this movie? Um, uh, you know, the hog genre, most likely. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's crazy. It doesn't even like fit into it. it it's so much of different things and I think that that's why this can only exist on Netflix. This yeah. movie would have been impossible to get made and distributed by a major um like movie movie studio. There's no way. It's just not. Yeah, I just, couldn't see this in theaters. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to. It was shot really well. It's sure. beautiful. It would, would look good on a big screen, but uh, there's no way that they would have made their money back. And no way. Absolutely not. No. I'd love to see the budget for the special effects because oh, for sure. I thought it, the pigs, they're the super pig or whatever they were called. Yeah, they super looked, pigs. they looked incredible. Yeah. They so, were, um, they yeah, were I bet they spent, I bet you, they didn't spend as much money as you think on making on the super pigs. Yeah, probably not as much. Yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. Oak Joe was good. I, I definitely, definitely had a good time watching it. All right. Let's go back to the wheel. All so right. if I set this up, right. It should yeah. take Ocha out and spin the next thing. Let's see what we get. Ooh. Next up. What? The Big Sick. The Big Sick, the eh? The Big Sick, which is uh, uh, a movie directed by David Showalter, starring uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who many of you probably know from Silicon Valley. Uh, he's mm-hmm. Dinesh on Silicon Valley. And... This was uh, on my top 10. It was actually my number 10 uh, film this year. It, it just snuck in at my number 10. Uh, I was kind of flirting with different stuff here and there, but ever since I saw it back in, oh, I think it was like September or so, it, it kind of stuck with me. Um, how about you? Did, did this make your list at all, Alex? This did not make my list. And in fact, I did not see it. Oh, you hadn't seen the big I sick. It's very not. good. Nope. It's, on, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. 
Uh, okay. It's an Amazon Studios movie, much like uh, Winchester, Winchester, <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. Uh, oh, okay. Playing, playing too much uh, player on battlegrounds, um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of a romantic comedy, but it's um, very heartfelt movie. It's about Kumail Nanjiani and his wife in real life, Emily Gordon. It's about it's like re- based on their actual. Uh, kind of courting like when they met and everything and um it's based off their true life events and obviously some of it here and there was you know changed around and stuff but the, the the basic aspect of the movie of the film the plot is is directly from their lives which is crazy it's so awesome um, nice. it's a movie about family and the it go it delves into you know uh you know being just being good hearted to, to other people and considerate. And, um, there's, you know, these, these roles of, um, like societal roles and, and how you should behave in certain situations and, and all these kind of things it brings up. Um, and it's fantastic. And, and it, a lot of it has to do with, uh, like based on command on Gianni, he's a comedian. So they go into that a lot. Um, which, which I always love when you get movies about, you know, comedians and, and going behind their lives and, and seeing behind the, behind the, the curtain, so to speak. Uh, I kind of love when they do all that stuff. And this movie was, uh, was really great. Um, just really connected on it. And I, I don't know anything about comedy or, well, I, like I don't do comedy or comedians or, you, you don't know, do stuff, comedy. I don't, I don't do comedy. I try. Okay. I, I certainly sure flat though. And, um, yeah, it's really good. Ray, I, I don't care for Ray Romano. And uh, I was actually going to ask you what you thought of Ray Romano in this. I don't film. care for him, but he's really good. Like he's he's perfect okay. in this role. Yeah, he's good. He's uh, you know he's his normal like bumbling self kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still kind of puts that uh, father spin on it, like awkward but cool kind of dad spin on it. I don't know. It's it's really good though. Uh, okay. Big Sick is on Amazon Prime. So if any of you have an Amazon Prime subscription, this is a no brainer. Uh, definitely go watch it. Absolutely. I'm going to have to check that out. So that's my number 10, Big Sick. Let's go back to the wheel. Back to back the wheel. to the wheel. Let's see what the wheel has in store for us. Almighty wheel. The almighty wheel. Oh, boy. It was bound to happen here at some point. Star Uh-oh, Wars, what? The Last Jedi. Uh, We're getting into this early. Couldn't couldn't go an episode talking about oh, movies man. without talking about a Star Wars movie. Okay. Um, I'll tell you flat out, this movie didn't make my top 10. This, and we're we're gonna get into it in a second here. Um, but Alex, what you were just gonna say whether it made your list or not? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> this did not make my top ten list at all. No. Okay, moving on. So the next uh, movie we had to talk. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let me, moving let me, on. Let me now. Let, let's talk. Let's talk. There's 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 a, a lot to be said about the Last Jedi, for good for bad. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we can say about it. Um. The one thing I do want to just say in general, I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson. He's the, he's the guy who directed it. Uh, big fan of his. I always liked uh, really really big fan of Brick and Looper and Brothers Bloom. And he he directed two of the best, as far as I'm concerned, the best and probably second or top five best uh, Breaking Bad episodes, incredible yeah. episodes that, that that he that he did on there. And he so we- just has a way of of, of um, storytelling that that's very. Um, not grounded, but it, it it's engaging, I guess, is the word I'm trying to think of. Hmm. And when Star Wars, when it came to Star Wars, and I heard he was working on it, I thought, oh, this is going to, this is, um, I, I was, I was thrilled, just to put it out there, thrilled with episode seven, thought it was fantastic, loved everything about it. Uh, so I was super excited for this. I was more excited for this than I was for when episode seven came out. 
And then episode seven and episode eight came out, this came out and I went to see it and I sat through it at the end of the movie. I, I kind of didn't, I didn't feel much different at the end of it, which if you're going to see a film, there should be some sort of uh, cathartic experience uh, afterwards. Felt, Maybe not it, something that's, you know, life-changing or profound, yeah. but some sort of uh, emotion. Some sort of feeling other than a punch to the gut. <laughs> right, right. that's how I felt. Sure. And I I can see the the Star Wars fatigue setting in quite rapidly. Um, mm. with when there's one of these every single year, I, I thought rogue one was okay. I didn't like, I didn't, wasn't particularly crazy about that film. I'm not particularly crazy about this Han Solo film coming out. I think it looks a little tacky. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see that this, this star Wars stuff's going to get old pretty quickly. So it's got to do something different to try and, uh, well, I don't does know, the change fact it up that, or something. I don't know. Does the fact that Ron Howard is directing uh, the Han Solo film change anything for you at all? I, probably, like, it's probably for the worse. Honestly, I, I was okay. totally on board for um, uh, whatever those dudes' names were that were doing it initially. The guys who did uh, the Lego Movie. I, I oh loved yeah, the Lego Movie. I, I thought they were going to have such a unique take and and uh, not silly, but just non-serious, um, fun movie to, to out of a Star Wars movie. And that's that's sure. what I was looking forward to. Um, and I think with the Ron Howard film, we're going to get like a. We're gonna get a, a what the studio wanted type film. You know what I mean, right? A, right. a Disney, a Disney puppet controlling Ron Howard film. Yeah, but Man. yeah, I don't think I'm, they handled a lot of stuff in the Last Jedi very well. I, I thought they, I don't think so kind either. of ruined. You and I have talked about this. Kind of, they kind of ruined uh, Luke for the most Luke, part. I thought yeah. he was kind of a wasted, a wasted opportunity as far as story goes. Absolutely, and even, honestly, even Mark Mark Hamill himself said that. Right, and then know, went back and not retracted that statement too. <laughs> yeah, he well, he had to, but. right? Because Disney was probably like, "Hey, listen, we paid you a lot of yeah. money for this. You got to go. You, you gotta better go fix that." Yeah. yeah, but I mean, and that's not to well, say, he, I, you know, I'll tell you one thing: he was a good milk drinker. He did a very good job really likes sucking milk, the teeth of that giant alien or whatever the hell it was. Ever since he was drinking milk at the moisture farm with Aunt, Aunt Lou, Aunt Bree, Uncle Yeah, whoever Aunt she Aunt was. Bree, whatever their, their names are. I'm, I know Star Wars geeks are yelling at me at the screen right now. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it, it's, all right, so it's going to sound like we're coming across uh, like we hated this film. I, I certainly didn't hate it. I don't want to put that notion I didn't that either. I hated this film, right? I, 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 I thought there were some excellent qualities of this film i thought the opening scene minus once you got past the the silly mom jokes that poe was doing with uh hux in the yeah. in the bridge once you got past that part i thought it was probably the best star wars action sequence f- to date i thought everything with those bombers coming in was the was the most tension i think i'd seen in a star wars film ever it was crazy how good it was and we didn't even know half these like these characters that were involved it just i don't know it was gripping i just i thought it was was fantastic and then and then the movie becomes a two-hour-long, slow-as-f chase sequence. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you think so? In that opening sequence, so my question is not to get too too into sure, this, sure, but sure. yeah, do, we can so, talk about what it for are hours. they called? Star destroyers or, or just the destroyers? Uh, that big one that they end up blowing up at the end. Yeah. Or uh, I forget what they call that thing. It was some new ship. They had some name for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, don't remember it name. was bigger than a star destroyer, and it was bigger than a, I would assume a super star destroyer. So sure. So did that, do those things maybe have their own gravity or do actually, the bombs it's, that it's, fall? <laughs> I had the same thought, actually. Um, do the bombs I, that I, fall, are they propelling themselves down? Yes, they, they are self-propelled. I actually read about okay. this. Um, they okay, have, okay. Uh, they're, they're either shot out in a certain way or the bombs themselves have a, a 
anti-gravitational, but whatever the, the science is behind it, there was sure. some sort of silly explanation. Granted, we're not given that in the film, so you can just make up whatever no. you want, but... I mean, that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother you as much. You know what I mean? The little nitpicky stuff, it's, it's not really about that. It's just about and, the... It didn't feel about, like a Star Wars film. Just, honestly, it didn't. Yeah, Finn... And, and Finn was tossed to the side, too. Completely wasted. I, Finn, and, Finn was ruined in this film. That whole yeah, side mission was, was unnecessary, dumb. That side mission should have ended in a much more grandiose way. It felt it like it was part of one of the prequels. Like they end up riding mm-hmm. these CG monsters through like the casino and running... Like it was just... I was like, what, Silly. Are, we, what are we watching? Like what is yeah. this? Yeah. I I will say I thought the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff um, was the best the the strongest part of the film. That was yeah they could have stuck to that for the majority yeah. of the film and that would have done it for me. Right it was there. interesting yeah like the dynamic is very interesting like um, that throne room fight granted the whole Snoke thing um, was yeah, handled in, thing in a certain way but the outside yeah. of that part was all handled very well like. Uh, just d- interesting stuff, and then they never really go anywhere with it. It just ends there, and then it's right. just oh, he's a bad guy, and she's a, and and she's the good guy. You, you know, back to and the then Princess one. Leia. Let's throw right. it out there. I mean, do you have to train to be a Jedi, or can you just fucking wake up in the <laughs> middle of the space? You know, yeah. I, the floating through space sequence, as people who know me, I, I thought was uh, I laughed out loud in the theater. I, I I burst out laughing when she started floating towards him. Um, and I looked around and I, I was the only one laughing and I was like, how do, how does no one else find this completely hilarious and silly? I don't know. It was crazy to me. Right. Yeah. No, but just, yeah, not excited about that Han Solo. I'm sure that around this time next year, you'll be hearing us talk about, um, either for good or for bad. You'll hear us talk about it. I'm sure at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we do love Star Wars. Don't, don't forget yeah. that. We love Star Wars. Yeah. We want it to succeed and, and it's good to be a hater. Yeah. Sometimes. Always. You know yeah. me, I never hate anything. My yep, God. That's right. Yep. Give me a reason. All right. Okay, let's move on to the wheel. Back to the wheel, guys. Back, let's get back to, to the, the wheel. Back to the wheel. Almighty wheel, what have ye thee for us? Oh, all right. Something we can talk about. Blade Runner 2049. Ah. Oh, Blade Runner nice. 2049. 2049 was my third film of the year. It was my third wow. favorite film of 2017. Alex, did the Blade Runner 29 movie make your top 10? Blade Runner 2049 did not make my top 10. No. Ooh, really? And it's mostly because I didn't see it. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense then. Yep. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit. I'm not going to go into super detail about it because I know that obviously you haven't seen it or anything. But uh, as we know from last year, if you've listened to the show last year, you'll know that Denny Villeneuve made a movie last year called Arrival, which was absolutely fantastic. Made, I think, both of our lists. Maybe maybe made Sean's list. Um, but fantastic film. And it was crazy because I didn't care for Denny Villeneuve's movies before that. Um, I think that what he does here with Blade Runner 2049 is in the rare, rare, extremely rare case where he makes a film sequel to a uh, universally, I guess, universally cult acclaimed. Like, it didn't do well when for the first Blade Runner first came out. It didn't do well, but it's been Absolutely not, very no. critically received since with, with uh, some minor revisions and, and final minor. cuts of How about it. And five revisions. <laughs> five, five revisions cuts. where they, they re- completely redo how the, what, what the movie kind of says in general. But anyway. Right. He out he makes a movie sequel to a movie thirty years later, and and outdoes it. And I I I, I don't know how it's possible. I didn't think it would ever be possible. When I thought when I heard they were making a Blade Runner movie, I was like, oh oh man, ah, they're just like point. They're stabbing at this nostalgia 
sucking on this nostalgia teat that you know they really he's are. just making money for and how this movie even got made is is crazy to me like it didn't make any money at the box office when it came out it cost a ton of money but dude this is a if you like like legit hard sci not even hard sci-fi but like good sci-fi movies this is like a prime example of one this is going to be a movie where film students and, and people talk about this um, for years, I think, wow. in my opinion. I think it's okay. something that may not be followed now and it may not be appreciated now, but I think in years to come, I think Blade Runner 2049 will be a film that, that a lot of people talk about or, hey, you know, comparatively to it, you know, compare things so, to it and things like so that. So pretty much pretty much like the original itself. Sure, exactly. Sure. But it, it with the difference between Blade Runner 2049 and Blade Runner is that um, it's uh, not as weird, I guess. <laughs> It's it's coherent. Okay. It's coherent. Mm. I think it was just the difference it has between a clear Blade Runner. voice. Yes, the first Blade Runner. If you rewatch that movie, I rewatched it the day before I went to go see Blade Runner twenty four nine, and I was like, oh, now I remember why I don't watch this movie because it's it's really long and boring and, and really strange, very confusing too. Yeah, very ambient. very strange, and, and, and you know, nothing really happens in it. it you, there's a scene. Where it's just it's Decker just being a jerk, uh, and he follows this guy, and then there's a. Uh, a 45-minute-long sequence where he yep. runs around an abandoned warehouse with weird-dressed people uh, yelling at him, and then they go on the roof, and then the other guy dies, and then the movie's over. That's <laughs> it's it. Like, it's like, That's pretty much it. I mean, there's more but to also, it. I know I'm just simpl- oversimplifying, but still, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think the studio knew what they wanted, and I think that, you know, um, uh, uh, Ridley Scott, right, he, he had a very, he had a sort of a, clear vision i don't think anyone really had a clear vision as to what they wanted and there was probably so much controversy going on that they couldn't uh get their basically get their crap together and make the film that they can all agree upon and that's sure. probably why it was so confusing and um you know drawn some scenes were drawn out yeah i'm glad that for the most part from you know i haven't seen blade runner 2049 but it sounds like like you said it's a it's a much clearer it's clearly presented. Yes. Yeah. It's not the, the, the message isn't really muddled. You know what I mean? Like it's very clear. So you have an idea of what's what, what's yeah, actually like happened for years. People have been like, is, is Decker a replicant? Is he not a replicant? I mean, to be fair, that's not really the point. Right. But people get so right. hung up on the details, right? Where this movie takes a stance. It's like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's this. I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it is this. And then goes into some other things. And it's not even about him. He's a, he's, he, first of all, Harrison Ford shows up, maybe, an hour, almost an hour and 15 minutes into the movie oh already. And he shows up in just a, a gray t-shirt and like uh, like jeans. Like he just got out of the trailer and he's like, oh, it's yeah. time to shoot my scenes. Let's get this over with. You know, walks on the set and is just gives a, a very Harrison Ford-like half-assed performance, as you would come to expect. And... <laughs> It, it it he just obviously he's in there because he was in the first one right so they tie him into it. it he is part of the story a little bit where it comes to but the the interesting part of the movie and, and where the meat and the the meat and potatoes of the movie is is all with Ryan Gosling's character and and what it he is um I mean it's not a spoiler to say it's the movie starts out explaining he is he's a replicant he was what Deckard was and he's a rep I mean he's not a replicant he's he's well he's a replicant who is a Blade Runner so he's he's hunting down all the the deactivated Blade Runners. Well, that's or, just or, or replicants, up. rather, or whatever. Um, and it goes through, like, you know, what it means to be human and, you know, what is life and, you know, sentience and a lot of these, like, high philosophical ideas um, in a very interesting way. And, and it does it with uh, – there's a couple action scenes that are pretty good. The opening scene is fantastic with Bautista. Really cool. Um, oh, nice. And just the – but the, this movie shines where it, if you like just, like, legit – 
beautiful landscapes and visuals and awesome music like score that this this is like this is like you there's so much to bite on with blade run 2049 so it's you know if this had anything to do with um the continuation of philip k dick's vision i have no idea to be honest i really don't Uh, i hadn't really read much about that but um, android's dream of electric sheep was the the book that he had okay interesting yeah that they based um blade runner off of okay yeah I'm, i'm not too sure about that um but the the visuals uh it's Ro- roger deacon's best work i think uh nice. I, I you know roger deacon's he's one of the most underappreciated cinematographers as far as the academy yeah. awards go underappreciated academy award uh c- cinematographers uh in history he, he's won he's been nominated for 14 he's nominated for this 14 times has never won uh he, he's one well, of the best guys working in the business and he just he gets no love and i think this is the year he needs to get take it home because dude he is doing He's doing so much work in this movie. It's unbelievable. Like he he throws it all out there. It's a it's gorgeous. The movie's gorgeous. Like it, now, the sound do, the sound design, everything is just so nice. Like he it's did. So good. There will be blood. Or am I thinking of someone else? He did. Um, I believe he did No Country. No Country. He either did No Country or There Will Be Blood. He wanted one of those two that year, okay. which was fantastic. Then and he then did True Grit. Grit. Yeah, he did True Grit, yeah. which is, looked great. Um, yeah, he he's got away with uh, making like the, the the. It's like the the palette and like the lighting of this movie that, and then like, and it's just, it's gorgeous. I mean, I like, I could watch this movie all day. It's like t- almost nice. three hours long though, but <laughs> so oh, well, anyway, no, sorry that I'm, so I'm gushing over Blade Runner 2049. Cause I absolutely loved it. It's my number three. Well, you sold it for me. I'm certainly yeah. going to, you know, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I'm totally going to go out and watch it. Back to the wheel. Back gotta, to the wheel. What do we got? 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 Spider-Man homecoming. Ooh. Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Uh, I will say this movie did not make my top 10 for this year, though I did thoroughly enjoy this film. It didn't make my top 10, but for me, it was an honorable mention. Okay. Honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts about Spider-Man. Okay. Um, well, you know, is, is this something you want to talk about later, actually? No, no, no. Should we, should we save yeah, those? The wheel has deemed it. The wheel so. has spoken. Okay. The wheel, the wheel has, has spoken. spoken. Uh, there's really, really no arguing, arguing with the wheel. If, if the wheel. All right. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't know. It was either Tony Stark's spider suit or the fact that, you know, as, as, a, as a character, as Peter Parker, uh, you really got this. You got a solid sense that. Peter Parker was living another life outside of his school life. And that's mm-hmm. a big, big element of what makes him such a complex character. And a lot of the other films, even though they do do that, I don't think they did it as well as they had in this film. I got a, I got a sense that, Hey, well you should probably go to the, the, the competition and do all that stuff. But I know it's so cool to be Spider-Man and he really wanted to be it, but he wasn't, so anyway, I'm I'm gushing over the fact that <laughs> I feel like they they kind of nailed his character a little bit better than they had with Andrew yeah. Garfield, who was a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, just brooding and um, um, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I think what this film did the best was it's. It, I think it's the they they finally did Peter Parker right. I thought. Yeah. Um. I thought they did Peter Parker more justice in this than the other films did. Uh. Especially the the yeah the Andrew Garfield one. Um, and, and the way he's Spider-Man is good. It's kind of like the Sam Raimi one, but um, uh, 
just a little bit more um, less cheesy, more, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's just he, a testament to the, the the year it was made. Maybe, but still. It, well, he's also a very his style is also very campy. Sure. If you've yeah. Seen, that was um, intentional. Sure. Of course. Right. Evil or uh, what the hell? Drag me to hell. You, like yeah, that's just drag, his style. Yep. But yeah, drag me to hell and evil dead. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, I saw Spider-Man. I, I thought it was good. Uh, of the superhero movies I did see this year, uh, one of the maybe two or three ones that I actually enjoyed. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that a little later, but um, I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan, so I wasn't a huge, I wasn't, like, super thrilled when, it, when I was, like, hearing about it. Um, I liked his little part in Civil War. I really appreciated that. I think we talked about that last year, the oh, year yeah. before, whenever that Absolutely. came out. And um, so and the villain, say, to say the least, was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I thought stylistically, I, I thought he looked a little meh, you know what I mean? But the right. justification behind what he's doing and, um, you know, how yeah, he came how, how to kind of be, so to speak, um, uh-huh. at least made some sense. It wasn't just like, hey, it's another big bad guy who's trying to destroy the world with a big blue beam in the sky, you know? Mm-hmm. So at least there's exactly. a little bit of ground to it, you know? That, that just gave another a big more. guy in the sky with a beam. Sure. All right, back to the wheel. To the wheel. Back to the wheel. We got a lot of films to talk about here. Oh my god. Okay. Let's get that wheel cooking. Baby Driver. Baby Driver, which is Edgar Wright's newest film. Baby Driver was my number. Uh I can't count one, two, three, four, five. Number my fifth film of the year. I don't have my number. I should have done that before. Oh my god, what the talk hell, about, man? Talk about being unprepared. I've had this list made for months and I don't even have it numbered. So but anyway. Jesus. Um, baby Better driver was more my, that whiskey was my was my fifth uh was my number five of the year uh how about did you see baby driver did you put on your list no i i didn't i didn't get a chance to see baby driver this year can you believe i actually have 10 movies on my list <laughs> yeah, you saw 11 movies this year so you were really um yeah you were, that was, you were really... that was on fire <laughs> yes. you got you have three movies up there i've got two you know, well, we're getting there. It's one of them is on the top. We're the all going to end up. We're both going to end up with the same amount at the end of the day here. So if you can, um, if you can believe it, <laughs> not going to go super crazy about uh, into Baby Driver here. Um, it's fantastic. As as people will know me, I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. He's he's one of my, if not one of maybe my favorite filmmaker. Um, his movies are super fun, stylistic, and they just speak to me. I, I don't know what it is about him. He just like. I feel like he's making movies for me and there's not many filmmakers who do that these days um, yep. with the Scott Pilgrim, you know, it's a like, comic book movie about video games and stuff like that spoke. That was like perfect for me. And then, um, you know, world's end with, you know, they're, they're going like a, a, a bar crawl where they fight aliens and Shaun of the Dead's is like a zombie parody, like just, just speaks to me in volume. It's perfect. And then baby driver, which is perfect um, where he, he made a movie to a playlist and then, set the beat of the movie to the playlist, which is awesome. Mm. That's so cool to mm. me that every shot, like gunshot, that is every time a gun fires in this movie, there, there's parts it, it's to the beat of the, the music. It's like, it goes to like the beat of the drums. And it's incredible. And like props to the editing department, because this movie just knocks it out of the park. And talk about freedom, it's, creative freedom oh right God. there. It's so good, and and and, and uh, Angle Angel Angle. I'm sure Jen will correct me here. Mm-hmm. Ansel Elgort Ansel. Ansel that's his name. Yeah, um, yeah. She just read Ansel made the movie. Yeah, Ansel. Um, 
was good. He was really good. I, 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 the person who steals the show, in my opinion, and I'm not even crazy about him, is Jamie Foxx. It's crazy. I, I'm not a huge Jamie Foxx fan, and he's so good in this. He's so good. It's incredible. Like I don't know what he does. He just he just he does something here that um, makes him very uh, dis like an unlikable character. I mean, that's kind of the point of his character. Um, sure. But it's just some. He's got these one liners which are just awesome. But uh, yeah, the music, the best sound, maybe the best soundtrack in the movie this year. Uh, awesome, just, just pure awesome music. Uh, they they use a Blur song, so automatically. Oh, well, there you go. You're done. <laughs> right. They use Blur. You're you're and, you're sold. And it is inevitable that we even talk about it. But you know, all of the allegations going on um, with yeah. all of these actors and everything, and Kevin Spacey, of course, is in this, who gives as he usually does a great performance. Um, it's funny because we we I rewatched this movie again for the second time right after the mm. allegations came out, like all that that all that stuff came out about him. And so when you rewatch the movie, there's every time he says something, you just you can giggle because you take it and there's like an innuendo there in there somewhere. Yeah. And it's just I I I couldn't help but giggle every time he said something. But Baby Driver yeah. number five, it's fantastic. I love Edgar Wright. Go see it. Back to the wheel. Back to the wheel. Come on, wheel. Dunkirk. Aha. Dunkirk. Senor Dunkirk. So Dunkirk, as um, I'm sure people listening know, is Christopher Nolan's newest film. It did make my top ten list, and it made it at the number six spot. Ooh. And how about you, Alex? Did Dunkirk make your list? Dunkirk did make my list, and it made it to the number four spot. Number four. Oh, we were almost on sync there. We are in sync. Excuse me. Almost in sync there. Yeah. Oh. Um, Yeah. So talk a little bit about Dunkirk, Alex, and your love for Christopher Nolan, because I think we all have that. My love for Christopher uh, Nolan. Oh, man. He has the most organic filmmaking in the business. His... And and that's not just to say his... You know, he writes with his brother... um, uh, Jonathan. uh, Jonathan Nolan. Um, which also, which just says something about, I don't know, when you know someone that well and you could write with them, you grew up with them, there's something to be, there's a little bit of magic that gets made, you know? Um, but also his use of special effects, um, is also very, very good. And Mm -hmm. I feel like across the board, anytime I watch one of his films, he has, like I said, it, it just feels very organic and lifelike. And it's not like, oh my God, well, there's the CG. Oh man, we just stitched this person's head on top of their body. You feel like you're, it's being done right. Yeah. Um, and, and that goes in and, and, and if you could do, you could do that well and you could pull that off, you can tell your story in any way that you want to tell it, especially a war film, which you, you have to get historically accurate and sure is environmentally as well. But the other cool thing they're doing here with this film is they're he's using uh, a couple different techniques to to make you feel like your the that time is precious by using sure. the ticking of a clock throughout most of the film. Literally, um, uh, it's I be, Kenneth Branagh's actual stopwatch, or no, it's it's actually no, Christopher Nolan's stopwatch. His stopwatch, yeah, that Hans Zimmer actually recorded. Yeah, right, uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's incredible in in and of itself to help create tension in the film, but also um, he has three. Sto- I don't know if I mentioned this. He has three storylines that have to interconnect, and he does it in a way 
where it's what one week, mm-hmm. one day, and, and one, one hour, hour. Yep. and they come together so beautifully. Um, he just he just executes this film so well. Uh, when when um, when I watched it for the first time, I had to watch it again, and not because you know. I fell in love with the movie, but also I wanted to go back. Once I understood what they were doing, I just wanted to see, because it was just so crafty. I wanted sure. to see it happen again and, and, and watch it unfold. Um, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't know. How'd you feel about the storytelling? Yeah. I, the, it Honestly, it took me probably like 20, maybe even 40 minutes to really kind of understand what was yeah, even Yeah, it was happening. a little confusing. Yeah. like Because I, I didn't know anything about the the non-linear storytelling going into it, right? I just knew it was a war movie. Um, but kind of knowing Christopher Nolan, I figured there was probably something to it. You know what I mean? He's he's always got, he never tells something just from start to finish. There's sure. always some stuff Memento. to it. You know? Right, Memento literally was, <laughs> it's backwards, you know? Yeah. Um, and he plays with the storytelling. He uses that as a, as a storytelling uh, device, right? Sure. Um, to, to the, how he cuts the film up. Sometimes to his to the benefit as as far as Memento goes, right? I've actually watched a cut of Memento yep. from the, the in chronological order, Ooh. and it's not as effective. It's crazy how like a movie watching it the way it actually unfolds is not as effective. So, um, as far as Dunkirk goes, I, I can I can take it or leave it. Honestly, uh, as far as the, the the way it was it was cut and everything, I thought that was my my least favorite part of it. Actually, was was the way that it was told. Um, what I'm here for is the spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. The filmmaking. He is a filmmaker's filmmaker. There are not many of them left. He shoots um, with he shoots these these IMAX sequences, yep. um, and he shot them in the plane, right? Like they actually got these planes and put these giant IMAX cameras in them and flew around and above put the, the ocean. actors and the actual actors yeah. in the planes, and that's awesome. Like no, like not many people do that. You can imagine Michael Bay putting people into giant mechanical robots and, and yeah, flying, okay, right? jumping around and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there's just a grittiness and realism that that Christopher Nolan brings to his movies that cannot be denied. Now whether or not it, you're even level with the movie or anything or people say Dunkirk was boring or there was no like um, there was no characters to follow or arcs or anything I don't know if that's necessarily even the I mean it's a valid argument this I suppose pl- but it's not pl- saving private Ryan right exactly and I think that's what people mission. this was this was the tale of this was the the actual events uh, at Dunkirk sure and another another thing that helped sell that was having not no-name actors but actors that weren't right. well known on and the I, front line so I like see, I like that they did that. I agree. Yeah, I think that um, the 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 score uh, really gave it a sense of ang- I I felt anxious. Like I had anxiety while I like watching this movie. I was like, I don't think yeah, I can sit through this anymore. And to to put it into perspective, I saw this movie at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. I saw it on the IMAX legit IMAX screen, the big the, the, cir- big, the big circular con- screen. Con- yeah, yeah. Um, and we sat. We weren't ideally in the middle, which is where you'd want to be there. We were off to the side a little bit, so but we were still able to, still able to get a good scene. But I had to like move my head around because the, the seventy millimeter feels so far. People have this misconception of it. It feels so far to like it feels it feels it more um, height wise rather than width. Um, right. as far as the, the, the IMAX screen goes. And, uh, so I was like looking like almost, I was literally almost looking backwards behind me to see like how the top of the feel, frame. How did you feel about switching between the two, uh, formats on, it, it was a little bit jarring, but as long as I wasn't focused on like that top part, you would, you didn't really notice cause the screen's so big, dude, you have to like, you had to, sure. you have to move your head around to watch it. It's crazy. Um, so watching 
I will say that like I I don't even know if I'll ever even want to watch Dunkirk again because I will never I will never experience that movie the way that I experienced it there and it will never be better so when I'm watching this movie and I'm not watching for like the storytelling aspect or or performances whatever it's about the the visuals and about experiencing this you know being there it, it, nothing will beat that. So what's the point in watching it again? You know, it's a great film regardless. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like, you know, I watch it in the best possible format I possibly could. Sure. And uh, nothing will top that. But yeah, it's fantastic though. Loved it. Shall Back we? Back to the wheel. All right, wheel. What do you got? What do you have for us? Got to talk about the phantom thread. Got to talk All about right. phantom thread. The phantom thread. It's actually just phantom thread. Oh. I found that out. Yeah. Well, Phantom where, where did it make Phantom it thread. on your list? Did honorable mention. Honorable mention. Honorable yeah, mention. It, it, okay. It just missed out. I, I believe you hadn't had a chance to see this yet, right? No, I haven't. Yeah. So I, I went to go see it in uh, in theaters um, like uh, maybe two weeks ago or so. So I haven't seen it too long ago. But uh, just briefly, Phantom Thread. I, I'm a huge tall Thomas. Paul Thomas. <laughs> tall Thomas Anderson. Tall Thomas Anderson. He's very tall. His name is, Write that yeah. down, everybody. The, uh, tall Thomas. Uh, PTA. Paul Thomas Anderson uh, made such films as There Will Be Blood and The Master and Inherent Vice and Magnolia and Boogie Nights, some fantastic films. Uh, this is his newest one, supposedly Daniel Dan Lewis's final performance. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what you're coming to see here, honestly. Like, it, it's, a, it's a great film. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. It's uh, the, maybe some of, the, uh, some of his more elegant uh, filmmaking that he's done. Uh, just he has a way with uh, close-ups and um, making you focus on certain parts of the frame or things like that that Paul Thomas Anderson does. Uh, he actually was his own uh, DP on this as well, which is interesting. Um, and I like the, when, uh, when directors do that. Yeah, it, uh, Tarantino does that once in a while too, I believe. Yeah, um, every once in a while. But uh, but yeah, the, the score Johnny Greenwood does his scores anymore. Um, Johnny Greenwood is is the guitarist from Radiohead. He did the score for There Would Be Blood. Uh, this is his his best master. score to date. Um, the, the score is, is phenomenal. It's, uh, it's, it's so good. If you have a chance to listen to it, listen to it. It's so good. Um, and Daniel Day Lewis gives an incredible performance as one would imagine. Um, not much more to say about that without, there's a lot of not spoilery stuff to talk about, but, um, it, the reason why it doesn't make my top 10 is it doesn't, it doesn't break that seal that needs to, like, I, I, it needs, it's better than the big sick or I, it, it didn't, it didn't affect me personally as much. I just put it as an honorable mention because it was something that I thought it was interesting, uh, was, was a very, one of the most well-made films of the year as okay. one would uh, understand from a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, but just the, there, there wasn't as much to grab onto for myself personally, anyway, uh, from it. I, I'm so far removed from the fashion industry and <laughs> the 50s in London. Like, the, like I'm so far removed from any of that, which is why I was even hesitant going into this. But after seeing it, I kind of got it. Um, and it takes watch- some, there's an int- interesting turns it takes at some, pro- at some points of the film and stuff, but. I'll watch what anything that Paul Thomas or, or Tall Thomas Panderson or you know whatever you called him. Tall uh, Thomas Tanderson. T- Tall Thomas Canderson. Right. Uh, I'll watch anything he makes. Yeah, Agreed. I, I yeah. love I love who he works with. Um, Johnny Greenwood um, and just his 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 visual style. Sure. I don't know. Totally agree. So I'm excited. Right. To, I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, it, it's like, it's worth a, it's worth a watch for sure. Um, especially if you're a Paul Thomas Anderson fan or if you like um, just. Dan D. Lewis acting, you know, as everyone does, it, it's, you know, he's, he's a master at work. You know what I mean? There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Back to the wheel. Back 
to the wheel. Alright, wheel, what do you got? Mother! Oh. Mother! Mother! So All the right. name of the film is Mother. Name actually, it's, is it's not Mother. mother. The f- film's not Mother, it's Mother! Because it's got an exclamation point. Mother! I just think of Buster from Arrested Development. You're like, Mother! Oh, yeah. Every time I, every time I see this. But, uh, mother did make my top ten. It made it at the number eight? Number eight. Four, five, Are you sure? Seven, eight. Eight, yeah. You positive? Eight, yeah, yeah, eight. All right. Well, Mother made it at number three for me. Number three, okay. Yeah. Mother was yeah, so, a, a wild, intense ride. To say that's the, the only least. way to put this. The only way to describe this movie is is a is a is a ride. It really yep. is. Um, it's not a movie you uh, watch. It's a movie you you uh, survive. I think. Listen, is just the, don't the best go on a date it. and go see Mother. <laughs> just don't do that. Don't rent sure. Mother on your first date. Don't rent Mother for Valentine's Day or um, Mother's Day or Mother's Day especially. Just don't. <laughs> it's not that tight. Just just go watch it in a corner by yourself first. I think, um, I, 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 all right. So Darren Aronofsky is the yeah. filmmaker here. Um, of course. um, I, I, I enjoy his films. I'm very picky with the ones I actually do enjoy. And the ones that don't sit well with me, I'm always just kind of like, yeah, I could see where he's going for. It just, it didn't grab me here. I felt that way. Minus Noah. Noah was a piece of crap. I don't care what anyone says. That movie sucks. Um, I say, what movie? Noah. Wow. The Russell Crowe movie. You see, wow. even you forgot about it. That's what yep. I'm saying. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mother, I, I, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's good. Uh, she does a fine job in here. I don't think she, it's anything to write home about. Uh, Javier Bardem's good too. Like n- nobody performance wise really, really ups the, ups the game here by any means. But oh, okay. I think it's the, the, just the, the craziness and the escalation that this movie becomes within the last 20 minutes of the film. That is just insane. And it's hard to even, it, everything happens so rapidly. It's hard to kind of keep up with what's even going on. You know what I mean? Like, and this is another film as we talk about with Dunkirk, where it took me like probably like 40 minutes to be like, what is like, I don't, I'm so confused at what's happening because the passage of time is so different in this movie. Yeah. Things and, just, and just, things Darren, are just moving. Darren Aronofsky's style is he's very, he has a, very, you, you, you could, you could pretty much tell when you're watching one of his films, because a lot of what he likes to do, he likes to do a lot of, uh, have his, have the camera follow his his characters around in the world or have the f- characters push push you along as they're you know living in the world that he has created it's very claustrophobic right. yes um, yes and like you're saying like this this film it's for for me actually it was like watching every bad dream you've ever had <laughs> unfold that's before a, your eyes all of your fears uh, any, all of your anguishes, uh, anger, destru- destruction, sadness, pain, um, unpredictable personalities, like anything you've ever, any odd thing you've ever experienced in a dream is rolled right up into this story. Yeah, totally. And I agree. And it goes a step beyond that when you go to watch it, when you watch it from beginning to the end, yeah. it takes a step out beyond the dream state and yeah. it messes with your mind the way, um, you know, a film like Magnolia or what's the Even one black with Swan, Black Swan, honestly, the, the, black the, Swan. the his other, one of his yeah. other films. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the closest related movie I can, of his films that I can really kind of get it to. Although there, there's definitely a hint of, um, uh, the, the intensity 
Uh, it's definitely hinted at like similar to Requiem for a Dream. Mm. But uh, I think this kind of just this turns it up to 11 <laughs> you know, yeah, even, it it, it, towards the end. Uh, th- there is a scene in this film. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but there mm. is a scene in this film that I wouldn't be surprised. And I've heard uh, reports of people walking out of the theater. Um, it's oh. it's quite I could see people getting easily offended at this um a lot of people seem to be a little bit too uptight but uh, i mean if there's a movie to be if there's a scene to be upset by this is probably one of them but um, we live in today for sure yeah but i think that's what we need is is films like this that that break that break that barrier that 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 step outside the boundaries that's what filmmaking is all about exactly it's it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable it's supposed to put you somewhere where you haven't been before and if you can't handle it get out of the theater and that's 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 literally like what Lars von Trier does, right? That's like how that's his. That's what I'm talking about. His yeah, attitude Lars. and his approach to filmmaking, right? So that's that's much like Aronofsky. Maybe Aronofsky's maybe not as ballsy as von Trier, but you I'm know not, what I mean. I can't remember the the style that uh, Lars von Trier uh, adheres to. You remember what that's called? I I, I don't. I There's don't a know. specific uh, name uh, term for um, it, but it, it's I'm a sure. very, it's a yeah, style of filmmaking that I feel like Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky uses right as yeah, well. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 we'll, we'll move past this, but uh, yeah, the, I thought the, the sound editing is one thing that I thought was, was really great. Um, you can hear every creak of this, of this house. Every time you stay, everyone takes a, takes a step. Every time a door opens, it's, you can feel yeah. like, I don't know. They did the sound really well and everything's it's just, yeah, it's, it's they a, put you right there. Yeah, it's an incredible, inc- incredibly impressive, uh, well-made, like how it's made is very impressive. Like You're the, in the movie itself. your head. This movie is in, in your head as much as it is in Jennifer Lawrence's head. Sure. As you're watching it unfold. Absolutely. All right. Back time. to the wheel. A wheel, great wheel. What is it that you... What does thou have for us? Three billboards, three outside Ebbing, Missouri. Billboards. Uh, this movie did not make my top ten. Wow! Was, yeah, uh, an honorable mention. Uh, I figured I'd just kind of talk about it really quickly here. Um, did you did you see built three billboards? Have, do you have it on your list? Uh, I do not have three billboards on my list, but this is one that I badly want to see. It is sure. the next film I am going to watch. Uh, honestly, when I sit down a- to watch a film. Not, not a ton to go over here. I, I just really want to just express my s- deepest and sincerest love for Frances McDormand's performance yeah. in this film. She is absolutely fantastic in this movie. Um, I, I, it's just so – I've never seen a film where I just I, – I believe that that is just legit Frances – that's how much Frances McDormand is <laughs> in real life. Like it's incredible. Like she – we've had movies with, with Daniel Day-Lewis this year who does a film every 30 years yeah. and she, she outdoes him in this. Like it's crazy how like she just makes it seem so natural and so easy. Um, I'm a huge fan of Martin McDonough who's the director. Um, he did In Bruges and he did Seven Psychopaths. Um, this is of those films. This is probably my least favorite. Um, but that's not to say it's bad. Uh, I just think that there are, there are certain, m- the message is a little muddled, what the movie is really trying to say or what, what it's trying to achieve. Um, I think that Sam Rockwell as as much praise as everyone's giving him, I thought was miscast. I don't think that he gives a bad performance. I just don't think that he is the right person to, for that role. Um, and I love me some Sam Rockwell. So it kind of breaks my heart to say that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but I think overall there's there's some there's just some some great moments in this film. Uh, it doesn't do anything new, doesn't break any new ground. Um, just a, just a, a pretty solid movie with with just really great performances. Yeah, and some pretty gosh darn good billboards. Yeah, it's fantastic. Some of the nicest billboards I had ever seen in oh, a movie. That's exactly why I'm watching this film. Probably probably the best movie to feature a billboard ever. When that's I go to bed tonight, the only one. if I watch this movie before bed. I will I will dream about billboards, I'm sure. Back to the wheel. Back to the wheel. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Okay, another movie that's uh, briefly just going to be talked about. I know it's not on either of our lists. It. Okay. It uh, is not uh, on your list? No. Yeah, it is not on my list either. But oh. it is a movie that I just briefly wanted to kind of talk about because um, it, it was kind of a big deal this year, right? So yeah. uh, I, I think that's the whole Stephen King trend right the the explosion of stephen king uh, after sure. this movie came out leading up to it uh is something to talk about you know he how many movies came out about his stories this year like four or something is crazy what um, does he he's writing something while he sleeps yeah it's true he has like a yeah. backlog of like four i think he just wrote them all in one weekend on a, on a crazy coke binge and just wrote everything right but um it, it was it was uh as far as modern horror f- films go and and People I talk to about this will know that I have a I have a big problem with how horror movies, modern horror movies, are made. I don't think they're made as, uh, to me, like what I consider like a, a good horror movie. Right? There's mm. there's this obligation that you? obligations that these horror films need to, these days. That ha- there always has to be a noise. There has to be a big boom. Mm-hmm. There's got to be music leading up to a big noise. There's got to be a, a jump scare. There's got to be. You know what I mean? There's got to be. It. I don't consider this. I don't consider that horror i don't consider that i don't consider that scary i consider that startling right so there's a difference between something that's startling and something that is scary right so for instance i thought the movie it follows right there's sure. like zero jump scares in that movie maybe one or two but there are like zero jump scares zero loud noises that pop out at you and that movie i like i that movie i was i was cringing i was like frightened legit at that movie that was so creepy and then this movie comes out, and it's there's a little, some little creepy elements to it, but overall it's just okay, uh, you know, bumbling noise, and it leads up to a loud noise, and then the, the clown goes boo, you know, and right. that's like ninety percent of the horror in this movie. Um, you love your horror I've, movies. I don't think I do. I've ever heard you as passionate about any genre other than horror movies. Just what makes <laughs> a do, horror I, movie? Yeah, man, I mean, horror movies are great. My God, it's one of the. It's one of the easiest things to sell, right? Because uh, sure, uh, you know, fright is a is an easy emotion to to suck out of people, I guess, right? Sure. Um, but you know, the easy and the cheapest way to do that is jump scares, is is startling people, and people mis misrepresent that, misunderstand that, in, th- in thinking that it's a uh, it's scary when it's actually just something you're just startled, right? Um, but there's certain parts of this that I thought were good. I thought all the kids were really good. They weren't all written equally. So there's some kids who get just pushed to the side uh-huh. story-wise. There's like, yeah, whatever. This is, he's not that important. Where he like some of these kids become very important to the story. I've gotten like a little bit more than halfway through the book, but the book is like a million pages long. So oh, of course. Um, and uh, I thought the guy that does Pennywise uh, was actually pretty great. Uh, I oh, thought okay. he did really well. Yeah. So um, have you seen the original? I did. We did actually uh, Jen and I watched it like before i think it was either right after right before we saw this movie and uh okay boy the first like half of that movie is pretty pretty decent and then it, when you get to like with the adult section that's rough to get through okay. that movie's rough i'm deciding i'm trying Ooh. to decide whether or not to watch that the older one first or the newer newer one first or just sure. say screw it watch the new one just yeah 
take it take the contemporary uh view on it and just uh, live with it. it live with it live with it yeah that's it. those jokes will never get old no. all right back to the wheel all right wheel and around and around it goes that wheel raw oh. raw mm-hmm. so raw was the french film French horror? I don't think I'd consider it a horror film. French, I don't know. Uh, what it do you all consider? What do we consider this film? But uh, Raw did not make my top ten. Okay. Uh, did you did Raw make your your list, Alex? Raw was number nine for me. Number nine. Okay. Number nine. Very good. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't have much to it. say about it. Sure. I just uh, all, all I could say is uh, it it pulled off a very taboo subject in a very interesting way. You know. It was so it was so exploratory of um well if you don't know about it, it's basically about cannibals, right? You're right. And uh I I think that it, it wasn't like, hey, let's let's you know, we're this family that um you know, takes people in and cuts them up into little pieces and serves them in pie. It's more like you know, we, we're, the setting is uh, a school, and a, and where where did that take place? First of all, it was a was it like w- the, the uh, whole movie? Like yeah, you mean in, in real life or like in the story? Well, in the story, it was just very uh, some university out of some some, uh, some veterinary school. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It was just so so dark and so I hate. It's, well, I'm not going to use the word raw, but I guess raw. <laughs> sure, uh, no, that's yeah. It, it had. Uh, having at the edge of my seat for such a weird subject. That's all. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, yeah. I think this, this movie was more, was more interesting than, than good in, in, in my eyes. Uh, interesting take on like cannibalism, right? It's yeah. not really a subject we get movies about a lot. So, um, no, but you get Simpsons episodes <laughs> that are even more disturbing. I thought sure. than this film. Well, that's just because they're not written well, but that's another thing. Boom. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Damn. Uh, just throwing shots of Simpsons. Now. That's uh-huh. what's happening this year. Um, I, I, yeah, it's unexplored territory as far as, far as like what, what films like this are about. So sure. it takes some interesting turns. And, and a lot of it's like allegorical, right? So yeah. there's things like that. And there's there's layers upon this. So it's not a, you know, it's not just a surface level like hey these are cannibals they start eating each other you know it's, it's not like a horror movie like that there's there's it's, it's more psychological than that right yeah i think so but uh, uh yeah i wouldn't yeah. say horror i'd say definitely psychological and sure um yeah so that's raw yeah back to the wheel all right wheel jim and andy the great beyond oh no oh man <laughs> i hope you're ready to talk about this because this did not make my top 10 oh you <laughs> You yeah, I'm ready. It it did make my top ten, and in fact, it made my number one. Your number one. This awesome. is my number okay. one. Um, mainly because I learned an awful an awful lot about. I learned just a, an awful lot about a lot of things by watching this movie. Um, I I became re obsessed with Andy Kaufman. Okay. Who for I don't know for a while I was really into, yeah, and um, I love me Andy Kaufman. Yeah, man. He's he's something else. Um, the film itself took me to a place that we really didn't get to see before. Um, it's, it's in terms of behind the scenes filmmaking, because there's a lot of meta meta stuff going on here. You're you're not just exploring the making of 
man on the moon. You're also exploring, um, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey as a, as a person, yeah, as a person exploring himself as an actor, exploring another, um, person's live life. And also because he's doing method acting at the same time, while he's on set, the family was involved. So Andy's family was on set a lot of the time. And when they would show up, it was very, it was, it was um, a very, very therapeutic emotional. and a, an yeah. emotional time for the family Absolutely. because it was like they were, you know, seeing their son come to live, come to life right. again, live. Um, <laughs> we're live. Uh, yeah. Um, his, his, and, and Andy's life itself him himself he was such a mystery because he blurred the lines of what was real and what wasn't real and um that was something that in his career he had to deal with all the time because you 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 as a as an audience member or a viewer you wouldn't know what was going on and what you're supposed to like what you weren't supposed to like but he was in total control he was in total and utter control all the time and i think Jim Carrey had an interesting perspective of Andy Kaufman's life. They, you know, they were born on the same day. Not to say mm-hmm. that that has anything to do with him having an interesting Coincidental, perspective. I would Coincidental, say. January 17th or whatever. And uh, Jim, Jim Carrey had to become him. But in his early life, he worked at a uh, comedy club and got to watch Andy perform. While he was working for free at a comedy club, watched Andy perform um, on stage. And, you know years later got to play Andy, which was pretty cool. Um, but there were places, um, there's other, there's a, there's another there. You couldn't see any of these moments before, uh, as far as, uh, the making a man on the moon and the studio itself really wanted to at one point just say, okay, why are we making man on the moon? The film really is about what's happening about is this film itself. They wanted to just, halt the release of man on the moon and release this documentary, which was filmed by, uh, the late Andy Kaufman's, uh, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do it for years and years and years because I think, you know, Jim Carrey's agent would, was saying that, um, you know, it would portray him in a bad light. And he was kind of at the, you know, at that point at the top of his career. Um, Man, I, there's so much I could I could keep going on and on about this. Yeah. Um, I have so I, much to say because I learned so much and I got sure, to. Yeah. I learned know. I learned a ton too. Um, I, I didn't know like I, I I saw Man on the Moon and I really enjoyed it and I love Andy Kaufman and it, you know as a as a person as well as you, I mean we you and I have worked on uh, a sketch comedy show called the the Sounder Show, sure, which is uh, very much a an anti comedy type yeah. of humor. Um, which is right in line with what Andy Kaufman did, and you could say he's kind of the pioneer of that that style of comedy, that anti comedy. So. Um, so you know he's kind of a big deal as far as you and I are concerned, right? It's yeah, know, almost like, I, like I a agree. very an idol. Not, and so he, he wasn't a comedian; he was a performance right, artist. Exactly, that's the bottom exactly. line. His you know? whole life was the performance. You know what I mean? Like sure. his him as as the people him as people knew him as was the was the performance was was the there the was shtick. no real Andy Kaufman. Right. That's the, right. Or that's at least we'll the, never know. Right. We'll never know who the real Andy Kaufman um, was. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It was a good film and I learned a lot. I, I, did, I had no idea that um, Jim Carrey went like so method um, yeah. with it until I saw this thing. So Jim that, Carrey that was, that did smoke cool. in the early 90s, but then I think he quit. And then uh, he started smoking for the film. And he's like, yeah. I don't smoke, but I'm yeah. smoking because Andy smoked. 
I think my favorite part of this movie was all the crap that he would give Jerry Lawler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all yeah. the all this all the times that when Jerry Lawler would be on set to film the this Man on the Moon movie, uh, he would just be messing with them the whole time. And I, I thought that was the funniest thing. I it thought that made, was so great. It gave it, there was a scene in Man on the Moon where they're in the ring together and he's pointing a finger at Jim and uh, or at Andy. And um, it, I feel like if if Jim Carrey didn't push uh, Jerry Lawler as as hard as he did. Yeah, you would not have got he would not have gotten the performance out of him that he no. was expecting Right. And that's what I'm saying is like he uh, they they played off each other perfectly. Like that is to a T like what wrestling is like. That is the performance aspect of like what wrestling is, you know, so like he even that was like right in line with that, especially like the the David Letterman show when he like slaps them and stuff like that was. Yep. That's exactly like that's perfect. Yeah, but totally agree. All right. Nice. Number one, though. That's cool, man. Didn't didn't think that'd be your number one. That's uh, that's cool, though. I totally get it. Back to the wheel. Okay, this one's going to be pretty brief. Thor Ragnarok. Okay. This is not on my top ten, but this it is, is on my uh, disappointments oh. uh, list. Or if you if you want to – you don't have to put it up there. It doesn't matter. Well, there's nowhere to put it. It's a yeah, disappointment. Know, so, um, so Thor Ragnarok didn't make your list, right? No, it didn't make my list because okay. I didn't get okay. to see it. Eh, save your money. But okay. – uh, I, did. <laughs> All right. I don't want to come across like I'm just straight out bashing this film, but mm-hmm. I think the reason that this is a – um, st- not the start of the turning point, but definitely the realization that has set in that I the 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 Marvel mm. fatigue, yeah. or not even Marvel fatigue, the superhero fatigue has set in. For um, you, the, the fatigue is real for me. Yeah, for sure. I, I uh, these this is this is the prime example of what like I I don't want to happen to this kind of thing. Like where the success of Guardians, right? This comedic s- separate kind of tone movie. Sure. Um, is is what people like, or you know, a different take on it, and so they they decide, hey, let's go with that with Thor. You know, Thor being the most boring, uh, lifeless character of this Marvel characters. You know, uh, so in order to make him uh, enjoyable or make a movie about him enjoyable, they have to like add in all these comedic things and mm. add the Hulk and mm. it, there's it, it just it comes across very silly. Um, it's it's cookie cutter Marvel. Uh, 101 storytelling you know here's the bad guy the bad guy wants to blow up the thing the the bad the good guy's got to come stop the bad guy and that's it's that's it that's that's the movie um the hulk the is there he's the hulk is some bumbling idiot uh who can talk and has like weird emotions and feelings and stuff when he's hulk like it's it's just a muddled mess this movie oh, right and, and that's the- just to say there's anything there's 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 not good things to take out of this film. Like I think Taika Waititi who, who directed this, I, I, I was very excited to do this actually. Cause we talked last year on the episode where hunt for the wilder people was on my list and he directed that. And I was like, Hey, yeah, he's working on the new Thor movie. Like that's going to be cool. And then I saw it and I was just kind of like, eh. I, I wasn't like mad when I left the theater. I was just kind of like just disappointed. Cause I was, I was expecting uh, to be kind of not knocked, not knock it out of the park, but I was expecting a little bit more, I guess. On the flippity flop, I've heard nothing but good things about Thor Ragnarok until right now. Yeah, so now, there's a there's a lot of uh, division with this movie. Yeah. I've heard a lot of a lot a lot of devices d- divisive uh, comments about it. Sure, um, either people love it or people were like not very crazy about it. Me, pers- me personally, I'm probably going to check it out because I enjoyed the first two Thor movies. 
Oh, wow. Well, I will you give might like this one because I hated the a chance. <laughs> I hated this movie. All right. The, the yeah, or, not the, everyone. Thor no, was, yeah. Uh, I also I I've also heard that not everyone loves Thor. Yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I love Thor, but I certainly and, do enjoy watching it. And it's nothing against Chris Hemsworth, right? I, I think he does a fine job. I, yeah, he's I, given I, here. I, I think that it's just the inherent nature of who Thor is as a character and the way that Marvel's developed him into the Avengers, right? He's yeah. he's like he doesn't like fit in. It's like he's a he's like a demigod and he's got like yeah. powers and he can fly. And then there's like you know Hawkeye who like like shoots a bow. You know, like it. There's just such a, a wide range of like how different they are. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like. It's like it's like Superman, you know. Superman, he's the guy who can do everything. Like, the, what's fun about that? Oh, then, <laughs> then this little rock but, just kills him. You know? Yeah, then this magical green rock that we had to make up—that is the only thing that hurts yeah. him. But anyway, okay, moving back to the wheel. Back to the wheel, please, Mister Wheel. Get out! Hey. No, I'm just telling you to get out. Like, oh, you just okay, to get I can out. leave. You, get out. You, get you need to get out of That's this fine. podcast. Right, I now. can go. So for all those of you watching, Get Out uh, was my was the next film on our list here, right? Yeah. Was Get yeah, Out on yeah. your list, Alex? Get Out was on my list, and Get Out made it to number two. That's funny, because Get Out was my number one film of 2017. Ooh, My nice. number one film of 2017. If Get Out didn't come along, I think Get Out would have been, oh, God, just saying. Yeah. Um get out was just the not not only the 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 most uh interesting uh and well-made and surprising film i have seen this year but it was also about something and 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 had a weight to it and and meant something oh, such a weight. um and, and there's not many films you could say that about that that came out this year a lot, a lot of films that that had that meant something right and 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 it's crazy because typically with my top ten, it's always movies that um, affect me personally, right? Things like um, yeah. you know Sing Street and and Inside Llewyn Davis and Scott Pilgrim and Drive, and they have this um, you know personal uh, kind of effect on me. And, and Get Out didn't necessarily have that because I, I you know I, I again I I'm, I mean I'm not an African American. I don't understand the hardships and the the societal you know barriers they have to get through and everything, right? But you get the perspective from this movie of what that is like in a horror thriller movie. Like it's crazy that this, like it shouldn't work by all intents and purposes. This sure. film should not work. And it does on such a, an amazing level. It's crazy to me. I loved it. Um, I thought the, the performances across the board were fantastic. I, I know uh, I can't Daniel K- Kalua. I just I forget what his name is. I'm, I'm terrible with me that I'm butchering it now. But I'm terrible um, with names. He so was, don't even he, ask me. He he was good. Uh, the girl, the girl who who like kind of catfishes him, so to speak. Um, yep. Is uh, that was like her first performance, or like her first film or whatever? I would never have guessed that she was great. She was um, just so you know she was on Girls. Okay, so she did some for TV a very long stuff, time. Though. Okay, but yeah. But as far as films go, I, I don't think she was in a lot of films. At least anyway. Um, right. Bradley Whitford, the father is fantastic. And, uh, it was, is it, uh, uh, well, I can't think of the, the, the mother's name. Is it, is it, is it, um, Catherine, Catherine Keener, I think. Um, anyway, she was really good too. Um, yes. yes. Everyone across the board, just fantastic performances. Uh, the, the score, like the, the, the score that goes along with it, especially in the beginning, like the, the opening scene, um, was one of my favorite scenes I had seen in a scene this year. Uh, I mean, and seen in a film rather this year. And, it sets the tone and the pace of this movie so perfectly 
throughout the rest of the film and you don't even realize it until like later kind of you know what i mean like you know like this guy like kind of just gets jumped and captured but like it's the it's the like anxiety and uh paranoia that goes along with his the guy's character as he's walking and then like you're just like oh yeah this guy's gonna come up to me yeah whatever and then like he's totally right and like all of his paranoia was totally true (laughs) you know what i mean and let's just i don't know just i don't know what do you you have to say i i I have a hard time describing, I honestly have a hard time describing this film without getting into what the film was. I mean, if we want to get spoilery here, uh, Um, yeah, not too spoilery. I mean, don't, don't, not too spoilery. I think you said, I think you said it for me. I think you, you said in a way that uh, I'm just going to let you have that. Um, but, um, for, I guess briefly, um, I was just very, I was just very impressed across the board. Like you were saying, like the performances were just phenomenal it took us to a place where you know it's a very um not difficult subject but um just touchy i don't know touchy subject and of the times and it did it in a way that you know um i don't know i just i was blown away by this movie yeah i i don't think there's been there's been a, a, a lot of um important films made over the years right and and in terms of like yeah, importance like the the message it gives us may, maybe not maybe the message isn't isn't what to get hung up about here, right? No, but maybe yeah. the fact that this movie was made by by a black filmmaker Jordan sure. Peele who who was part of Pe- Keen Peele, right? The, Keen the sketch Peele. comedy show on Comedy Central, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, a movie made by him with with a lead African American. Um, actor right who not many people know if anyone watches black mirror he was in the second episode of black mirror which is a great episode uh, but that's all i really have seen him in um and he's the lead of this movie and jordan peele has never directed a feature film before um or maybe he directed when they did keanu i can't remember if he did keanu or not if they actually directed with that anyway but this is his first solo directorial debut film and the fact that it works on so many levels um about an important subject so about many the F, the black experience is you know what i mean is yep. t- is incredible like i i never thought i could ever cuz we always say like oh well you'll never know what it's like to be you know in a black person's shoes or whatever if you're sure. a white person right but like the, i feel like this is as close as you'll ever get like this is crazy it's so good and there's so many little intricacies like throughout the film where it's it's so awkward that they are like it just the the things that people Cringe- say to them, it's right? It's so cringeworthy. Because all right, so if you were just if the out of context, right? If you were to yeah. like watch the scenes later when he's when he's getting tr- introduced to the family and they're all saying these like mm-hmm. very weird things about it, it just comes across weird when you first see it. But then at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, well, it all makes sense, and it's like super weird. It just but it's not weird to these these crazy white people, right? It's just like right. It's just on so many levels. It's just um, the norm. Yes, for them, right. right. It's all like kind of relative, right? But yeah, um, yeah. That, I just love the layers uh, that this film works on. Fantastic. So Get Out is my number one film of the year and Alex is number two. So something to something to say about it. Back to the wheel. Back to the wheel. I, Tanya. Hey. I, Tanya, I did not have on my list. I okay. actually did not even see I, Tanya. I just recently saw it. I had, I have it at my number five. Number five. This okay. made my top five. Sure, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, we grew, we grew up, we grew up, uh, we were alive when the events <laughs> we were of, um, this is true in the nineties, we were alive in the nineties, some of the eighties, but mostly of most of the nineties and Tanya Harding was there. And if we were 
I guess, old enough or if we were glued to the TV mm-hmm. during the Olympics and, and, you know, maybe leading up to the Olympics uh, um, and heard the name Tanya Harding or, oh crap, I'm blanking. Tanya Harding or. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm blanking too. No. Um, yeah. Uh, Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan, Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. You heard those names. You must have at one point, if you were breathing in the nineties, heard sure. their names. Absolutely. And, um, for me, this was, um, great across the board, great storytelling because they would, it was very stylistic, the editing choices, but you know, as far as directing goes and, uh, interpreting the script, they were both, um, you know, uh, the characters themselves would, you know, they based, let me back up before I get sure, ahead yeah, of yeah. myself. They were, mm-hmm. they based the, the interviews off of real interviews, which was great. Okay. So they had a lot to pull from. So they were basing some of the funnier characters off of real interviews. And I didn't know that until the end. Oh, and, that's um, very cool. Yeah. And there's this one guy in the film who's sort of like a mastermind. And I had no idea that this create, this guy was that stupid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, the actor did a very good job portraying him, portraying that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I was very impressed by, um, it's hard to talk about something that was real life without sure. getting into saying character, but I think Margot Robbie's performance, uh, was just com- just gripped like compelling yeah so she was so great to watch because um she really embodied the attitude of tanya harding if that's exactly how okay you know tanya yeah. harding was um she did a great job um the person who played portrayed um tanya harding's husband also <laughs> very good uh i just think that the way they unfolded back to it uh what i was saying before was how they unfolded the script where, you know, your characters in the beginning, they had a nice montage sequence where they're blending the interviews with, um, and they did this actually throughout the film. They're blending the interviews and the voiceover and the, and the narr- uh, the voiceover narration with the action in the film. And they mm-hmm. would do it sparingly, but tastefully where they would break the fourth wall because the interviews would break the fourth wall, but also while they're in a scene that was important to, you know, finishing or telling the story uh the characters would kind of address the camera every okay. once in a while and i think that was appropriate given that this was real life and this is the stylistic choice that they made and for me all of that put together and you know the story of tanya harding was just is just pretty pretty awesome in yeah. and of itself yeah, yeah, yeah. so um yeah I, I it had to make my top five Interesting. i just yeah. i really enjoyed watching it yeah, it's something I just didn't get get out to go see. It kind of came out a little later, and I was I was kind of falling behind on some of those like late release of the year films. You know what I mean? Like, right. like they they take a while to get to theaters and stuff, so it's kind of tough yeah. to see some of those. Yeah, that was just one that kind of just fell between the cracks for me. But cool, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, man. What does the Almighty Wheel have to say? Oh, Great Wheel, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. I uh, did not even get to see. I shame oh. on me. I know. Shame mm. on me. Uh, Wonder Woman was my number ten. Number ten. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah. So talk a little bit about Wonder Woman. I I, I wanted to see it. I just I know it's on HBO Go as of like three days ago, and I just oh, I really didn't have time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't have time to like sit down and watch it. I really wanted to because I, I heard a lot of good things about it. Obviously, it's on your ten. So yeah. yeah. So, so uh, what did you have to say about it? Mostly, it's because um, DC has been having such a shit time with they their sure movies. have, and then they pull out Wonder Woman out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but like I don't know. I just I think they did such a good job uh, with executing. Hang on one second. Sorry. Um, I think they did. They did such a good job with the score. First of all, the trailers, the the music in the trailers. um, That -hmm. was one of my favorite tracks. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about yeah, it, but I, I know just that, that like her electric theme, guitar thing. Yeah, her theme when, like when she comes right yeah. in and, and, bl- and blocks uh, Superman and Batman in, in Batman v Superman, and the music right. starts playing. Yeah, like I you hear cool, her theme song, sure. and yep. then you, yep, I, I liked I liked the music. Uh, I like the, the you know the just this the I don't know much about Wonder Woman to be I, honest. I don't know either. Yeah, I, I I I got to learn about her origin story, and I had no idea that. She she was an Amazonian and lived in a bubble on an island that nobody can see, that type of thing. Okay. And um, uh, they blend her world with um, her world with our world. Sorry, my headphones. I'm sorry, my headphones just went way the heck up, and I'm having a hard time talking because my eardrums are being blown away. It's okay. You there sound great on my end, for the record. This is live, right? We're, oh, yeah, live? we're live. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, just, we're live. Just double checking. Um, yeah. Uh, story of a girl in a bubble mm-hmm. who meets a boy in a bubble. And <laughs> from, from, Jake from outside of the bubble, it's <laughs> actually Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> and he comes to rescue the Amazonian and whisks her away uh, to, live to in the bubble I kingdom. guess, the Bubble Kingdom. No. Sorry. No. Continue. Uh, no, you're right. It's the bubble. It's the kingdom. Uh, and they have to, you know, you know, defeat the villain, that type of thing. Sure. Um, during, I believe, World War Two. And um, they blend her. Uh, I, I just liked how they played with it's like it's like when um, uh, it's kind of the opposite of Captain America, where Captain America is from way back when and then mm-hmm. gets what frozen and or whatever and comes back comes to the future where as she's just friggin' old and has no idea what's going on outside of the bubble and uh blends her culture with our culture and the times and it's almost like says something about um it's almost like her she's a little more of the times than they are okay yeah that makes to sense. say the least does that make sense yeah yeah i understand even though they're they're from the same year blah 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 right um yeah, I just had a fun time watching it, and I think this is the movie that DC needed to, you know, oh yeah, propel their their franchise forward. Yeah, I and, mean, can can you imagine if this movie didn't do well, whatever, and then Justice? Uh, I mean, Justice League came out, and Justice League didn't even do that well either. But I, no. I feel like Justice League would have done even worse had Wonder Woman not succeeded. Right. So yeah. I, I have you, you didn't even see Justice League, did you? I didn't see Justice I, League. I did, well, obviously, I, I wanted to wait to see Wonder Woman, but uh, yeah, I didn't see it either. But sure we weren't missing much back to the wheel no, probably not we got uh, about six left i think here from counting right uh, if you can count i believe so okay a ghost story ah a ghost story was on my list and it was number 
seven. Number seven. Number seven. Well, Ghost Story was also on my list, Whoa. and it was number six. Oh, dude, we're, we were so close. We were almost in very, this very year. close. A couple times we yep. were very close this year, but I, I, I'm thinking I don't think it's possible now. I'm looking at the list. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Possible. Anyway, no. so Ghost Story is um, wow. I'm breaking, blanking on the director, and we're j- literally just starting. Uh, David something is it? David something? I can't. Remember. Uh, anyway. I think it is. Um, anyway, he did. I don't know too much of his films, right? I, I, don't, I don't know too much about this guy. I, I know he did um, Pete's Dragon last year and then yep. made this movie with the profits of This that. is David Lowry. David Lowry. Okay, I was right with David. Um, yeah, he made this movie with the profits from that movie and used the same sets, uh, some of the same locations, uh, certain things, some of the same actors, Casey Affleck stuff, um, as Pete's Dragon. So... Uh, that was kind of cool and, I, and it kind of interested me. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, uh, what is that? I was like, oh man, this looks like a, one of those, um, pretentious like indie yeah. films or whatever. You know, it's like the, the bed sheets goofy, right? He's like a dude in a bed sheet. It's, it's very goofy. It's straight sure. up goofy looking. It's almost, it's and, very like a student film, if you will. Sure. And, and then I watched it and the movie starts and it's not only four by like four by three, but it's mm-hmm. vignette on the corners, right? So they're all yep. rounded corners. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I was like, maybe I'm just doing this for like the intro part or like maybe like it's one of those like um, similar to uh, Grand Budapest Hotel where the aspect ratio kind of changes depending on what time period or wherever you're in. I thought it was right. one of those things. Nope, it's through the entire film. And I was like, oh man, this is going to, this is going to annoy me. Uh, it, and it, and it really didn't. Um, I, I kind of, it kind of clicked like about halfway through the film. Um, when I was like, okay, I understand the, I understand this now, right? It's about, you know, it, it kind of gives you a more intimate experience with these characters and the story and what's happening. And you're literally just following a ghost of, and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens like the first five minutes of the movie. Um, KCF like, like dies in a car crash. And then his girlfriend, um, is like left alone at the house afterwards. And it's literally just following him. Uh, no, no, no. Let's be honest. It's about her eating pie for an hour <laughs> seven, and a half. For seven minutes, actually. I think for it seven out. minutes, yeah. she eats a pie. But yeah, we watch movie. If you like watching people eat pie in their entirety, um, this, this is the for film you. for you. This movie clocks in at about an hour and a half, and uh, seven minutes of that is a person eating a pie while a ghost yep. in a bed sheet stands behind her. If that's, that's why this was my number six, by the way. <laughs> No, I, I think this movie's about so much, and that's why I like it. There's not many movies these days that I that I get um, a very profound experience from, and a very uh, sort of kind of like self realization things that make me really kind of delve into uh, thinking about um, the 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 aspects that the story has to offer, like um, the messages it's trying to portray and come across with, like um, you know, uh, time and, and how we have our time spent on this earth and uh, the, a legacy that you leave behind. And uh, yeah. it, it's about these really high level philosophical ideas. Where do you that, go when you oh, die? Right. A lot that a lot of movies don't usually handle very well. Um, and this handles it in such a way because usually it gets those kind of messages and, and themes get muddled up in some other nonsense, right? Like this movie could have easily been like, okay, yeah, he dies and then you're going over these philosophical ideas and then it's like he's trying to like, you know, re- he's trying to make contact with his wife or he's trying to like fix something he did in the past. It's like, it's not, that's not, it doesn't get muddled up in any of that. And that's why I love it. It's just, you're watching this guy through the passage of time um, stand in this house, which he has a, a, 
a connection to basically you know you you watch time and it's cool the way that the film uh portrays time because it starts off very slow which is why the pie eating scene is so long right it's intentional because yep. it yep. starts off everything's very long and, and time is again as we know time is relative so it feels like when he when he's first a ghost it's like it's like t- he's just watching this 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 moment happened for seven minutes and then towards the end of the film it all escalates right and everything's just happening really really quickly time is just going by really fast um but yeah it just it brings out some just uh fantastic ideas and um elements of like like i said like um you know what it means to be like you know a legacy you leave behind and, and you know does it matter if you are successful or like these really high level ideas that I just really kind of clicked home with me. And, and it, it, it didn't really kind of, I, I didn't really grasp it until like halfway to the, towards the end of the movie when, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started to really kind of understand like what the film was trying to say. And then it wasn't until like a day after I saw the film that it stuck with me and I just can, it just, it was, it was, it was always on my, it was always in my mind. It was one of those movies that like I couldn't stop thinking about. Yeah. And that's when I know that it had to make my list because there's not many movies that, that can do that. No, nah, it, it, it also made a very deep connection for me as well, where I was, I was absolutely thinking about this film, you know, days or even weeks after, um, just not every day. It's just more like you, you see, you have this such a, it was for me, such a, an interesting experience kind of in the way that, that mother was startling. This was very, um, emotional in a different way it was very sad sure and for you know some other some people may not view this film as being sad Uh, Uh, most people would like i I think the majority of mainstream audiences would absolutely hate this movie actually it's funny if you go to like amazon or whatever Redbox and like read some of the reviews Uh, red letter media did a bit about it and they 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 talk about like some of the films they hadn't hadn't done reviews on for 2017 and the end of the right. episode is them talking about this movie and they absolutely adored it as well and the whole like last like 6 minutes of the of that video is is them reading reviews from Redbox about how much people oh, hated amazing. it and it's so funny just how people out of probably touch found people it are. <laughs> probably boring and, oh, absolutely. and they didn't know what was going on and and that's understandable cuz yeah i guess just it. somebody in a sheet yeah. uh surface level the world I, I, surface level, I totally get it. Like, and, and I, I, I wouldn't fault anyone for not really being on board with it. Um, right. But no, for, not at all. For not those at all. people who are, um, like, who like to really kind of for those of you who are sad and emotional and just run <laughs> and down depressed and, and you know depressed <laughs> and this is the movie for this you, movie folks. For you. This is the movie you need to see. And uh, funny that we mentioned too, because uh, like I have this weird ongoing thing that all of my number seven spots every year is always filled with like a horror film, oh. and uh, this is not a horror film by any means. I think, it, but there's a ghost, mo- a spooky ghost in right, it. But the Kyle. word the word ghost is in the title, so it's close enough. So we're continuing yeah. with the trend here, just just sure. for the record. I th- I thought it was. I also thought not only was it sad, it was very scary as well. <laughs> to watch time in such a manner, yeah, scary to, to see to, that. Like, to, uh, no matter what you do in your life. Um, you'll eventually die. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move. Should let's we just move end back. it there? And move, yeah, the rest just, of I'm the just going to go. I'm just going to, I don't even want to do this anymore. Guys. I'm, yeah. I'm, let's just, I'm going to have a sip of, uh, well, I'm going to pick some kind of liquid and have a sip. <laughs> I'm going to drink the rest of this whiskey now. This is going to happen. No. All right. Back to the list. A couple more guys. All right. We'll please, it. please give us something happy. <laughs> nope. Not happening. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. 
Oh. I'm not just saying that. That's the name of the film. I'm oh, gonna, wow. This won't take long. It didn't make my list. Uh, oh, well, there you I, go. I, you hadn't seen it yet, right? You had, you no, no. Okay. no, no. No, no, no. So it's, an, it's another Netflix film. That's why I just want to kind of briefly talk about it. So a, another example of where a Netflix film um, really hammers home this idea of uh, being able to make a film that wouldn't, uh, under normal circumstances, not be able to be greenlit and be produced. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it, it stars. Um, oh man, I can't think of the girl's name. She, she's in a couple of things. You'd probably recognize her. I can't think of what her name is now. It's going to kill me. Um, I can't think of anyone's names actually that's even associated with this, except Elijah Wood is in it, and he uh, plays like the friend guy that's like helping her out. Um, and he's really funny. Anyway, but uh, it's about um, just Melanie Linsky? Linsky. Yes, that's the girl. Um, she's, she's in a couple things. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head though, but I, I've seen her in some stuff and, uh, she's pretty good. And it's about just like, um, a movie about people, about this like woman who just like everything just goes wrong for her. And she's just in the, in like a, like a downward spiral of like just bad luck and yeah, you know, the world just kind of crapping on her and stuff like that. And, uh, just people being just there's like a point in the movie where she's like i just want everyone just to stop being assholes you know <laughs> and like that's kind of the the message of the movie and uh it's just her kind of like little revenge tale of like just lashing out and like having just i had enough of this you know what i mean i'm, I'm done with it and just going crazy and there's just some funny moments that happen um it's directed by the guy who was um who's friends with jeremy saulnier um jeremy saulnier is the guy who did blue ruin and Green Room from last year. We talked about Green Room. Oh, yes. Um, Green and Room. the guy who was in both of those movies, he's the star of Blue Ruin, and he's the like tour manager guy of Green Room. Um, he's the one who directed this. So they're like buddy pals, obviously. Um, and uh, he made this movie, and it's, it's very much the same kind of tone as those movies, uh, same kind of uh, similar look and vibe and stuff to it. Um, so if you have a chance on Netflix, it's on there. Check it out. It's, it's pretty good. Back to the wheel. Come on, wheel. Jeez, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians? 2. Guardians? Ooh. 2. Um, Guardians 2. So this did not make my list at all. Okay. And Do you think it made you? my list? Honorable mention? It was number seven. Number seven. Okay, well, you only yeah. have two spots left. So You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars jumped around my list so much because it was so love and hate for me. I just realized how much I didn't hate Guardians of the Galaxy. I actually, when I watched it, you know, because, you know, with Star Wars, you know, you have all these characters that you're, you've been invested in, uh, or invested with whatever for years and years and years and years for some people decades. Right. And then to see it all fall apart, whatever. But for guardians of the galaxy, you know, I love sci-fi. I love a good laugh. I love, uh, when shit blows up and this film gave me all of that rolled into one. And I just found, found it to be very, uh, fun to watch i had a really good time watching it and i i don't think any i don't i don't care about getting into uh the where's the acting good in this one i i think that they're all they're all good i and, and except you know uh batista's character batista um who plays what drax. the hell's his name drax fantastic he's so yeah, he's, he, he he really still really good in this movie i thought so yeah, yeah, yeah he shined he really did um but yeah all their performance all their performances across the board, I feel, are just good. They have a good dynamic. Yes, period. they absolutely do. I think they have a much more interesting and more entertaining dynamic than the Avengers do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, granted, down. the Avengers were all individual stories first, then kind of clumped right. together, where these guys That's, were kind of... And that can make for a very clunky sure. 
tale, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought Guardians 2 was fine. I, I didn't think it, I, I don't, I think I enjoyed the first one more, um, but that's not to say I didn't enjoy this one. I, I thought the opening scene was awesome. I thought that was so entertaining with like Mr. Yeah. Blue Sky playing and then you're just following little baby Groot dancing around while like all this crazy like yep. action happens in the background. It's just so silly. Like it doesn't take itself seriously. And that's why I love it. And uh, people it, love it, characters. Whenever I yeah. hear them talk about like Groot, they love Groot. Yes. There's something, there's something charming about, you know, Groot and Groot's relationship. Uh, with the rest of the characters yes it's just it does something you know and yondu i thought um they, they gave Yondu like this movie is sure. gives yondu like he has the best arc of the movie um, he does. without a doubt and and he i think that's the the shining part of this film is because i think the, all the the peter quill and his father stuff was felt a little flat for me uh didn't didn't i i wasn't i i love kurt russell i thought he'd fine job i i just don't think that what they had to say was interesting or I thought, I thought the, the way they fought each other at the end was kind of lame, but yeah. I thought all this stuff with Yondu was much more interesting. And that was like the, the more interest, the better part of the movie. Yep. I agree. All right. Back Real to the last, uh, final four. This is it. Alex. final four. Yeah, man. man. What are we going to land? I have on three time? to talk about at large here. So the shape right. of water, the shape of water, oh. Guillermo del Toro's newest. All right. movie. Where did this fall on your list? This fell at number four. Okay. Shape of Water was my number four film. And you hadn't seen this, right? You have no, one honorable mention left, and I think I know what it is. So, okay. Um, but anyway, um, Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. I'm a huge fan, as you know. I'm, I'm very sure. jealous, by the way, because <laughs> I'm a huge fan as well. Yeah. And I've been dying to see this, just yeah. dying to see it. Um, as well you should, because it, there's a reason why it, made, it was my number four of the year. Uh I never thought the, of all the love stories I saw this year, right? There's love stories with, um, you know, phantom thread, which was certainly, um, not traditional or conventional. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, the big sick, which again was very unconventional, right? That's kind of the, the theme of this year. There was, um, Oh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, there's probably some other ones. Get out, I guess, sort of, yeah, a little bit of this, I'd say p- parts of it. And anyway, um, love story a ghost story there's 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 a love story there sort of very briefly <laughs> yep. um mother excuse me mother, mother. right <laughs> right mother for sure okay. um and the shape of water and i never thought that the the most interesting and um best relationship story would be about uh, a woman a, a, a mute woman who works at a government facility cleaning toilets falling in love with a fish never thought that that would be the top uh <laughs> romance Jesus. movie of the year uh, but it totally is. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, you know, he's uh, he's got a way with visuals and a way with um, uh, kind of tangent, uh, grounded storytelling. I'll make, um, I'll make a comparison for you. He sure. he's, he sort of is like he has it very. He's very much like Tim Burton. I'd okay. say he has. Yeah, I agree. He's an artist for. He's almost an artist first, and he gets. Well, I wouldn't say second a storyteller because his stories are pretty damn good, but um, he's able to bring his visual style or his artwork to life in the yeah. same way or in a similar way that Tim Burton can bring his artwork to life. I'd agree. And they're both very, um, they both have like a gothic sensibility to them and the way they approach mm-hmm. uh, their artistry. Um, yeah, the same goes here. I, 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 what he does here and, and makes a, the most fantastical 
love story that I've seen this year, and it's done in such a it's it and again it's crazy because it doesn't do anything out of the ordinary. It doesn't doesn't break any new ground. It's just a very of of a super solid like fantasy like love story basically mm-hmm. um you know woman falls in love with fish fish is a government project they're trying to break him out michael shannon's the bad guy he's like doing like testing on him and stuff because he's you know what i mean it's it's like not a not the most original story right obviously it's like uh, a, yeah a I mean, we've all seen the little mermaid like creature from the black lagoon but he's like he got, but if he got captured basically right. um but it's just the way that uh they, they do they show some of these these love elements uh like there's one absolutely beautiful scene where they're like kind of for the first time like kind of like kissing sort of mm-hmm. and she fills up and this is where like the fantasy element comes into it and this is why i love it um they they she like puts a uh, she he has to she has to keep him in the bathtub obviously because he's like aquatic. So um, she puts like towels on the door on the crack of the door and then lets the water like run from the sink and from the bathtub and let everything overflow and fills up the entire bathroom as how, they like swim together and hold each other. It's kind of like what the poster is there. How many um, times have you seen that happen in a movie? Let's be honest, like like you know, it's too, it's too much, it's too much. Uh, like every movie does that. There's no way that would ever work. That way right. you could put a towel down and it well, no, holds well, all the water in. Right, well, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's a, that's that's the fantasy. That's the sure the um, uh, suspending your 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 disbelief, right? Of to, course, yeah. You know, of, of course, across this, and uh, the, the, I just love the things like that because it's so um, very emotional. Uh, like it, it does a really good job of telling this love story of two people, and then um, Richard Jenkins gives an, one of my favorite of his, I'm a big fan of Richard Jenkins and he gives a fantastic performance in this film as the, the friend. He's like a, he's like a gay friend neighbor who lives next to her. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, this movie has a, a deaf, uh, like mute lead female character with a, uh, an elderly gay neighbor friend saving a, uh, government secret uh, fantasy like fish made up like that that none of that should make any sense or work and it it blends nope. together perfectly it's crazy and I would say probably maybe outside of Phantom Thread the best score of any movie this year oh, Al- Alexandre Desplat 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 however you say his name sounds good to me um, sounds fancy does an incredible job here it, it's a uh, it's so good it reminds me of like, oh man, I don't even know. It's like like it's set taken. It's like set in like the fifties, sort of. So it's got like that that kind of vibe, almost like Bioshock. You played Bioshock, right? Oh yeah. But oh, it's not I, like, I but not like that. It's more, but more of like a fantasy kind of element to it. I don't know how to describe it. It's really good though. So if you get a chance to listen to the score, definitely check it out. But see the movie Fish Shape Water is amazing, and it's up for thirteen Academy Awards. You're going to see it take home a good portion of it. I have a very strong suspicion it's going to take home Best Picture too, or at least Best Director. Good Just my two cents. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. Back to the wheel for the final three. All right, wheel. Don't ah, we got to talk more again. Okay, Lady Bird. Ah. But I think we're both going to talk about this, aren't we? Yeah, I think we will. Okay, so Lady Bird was my number two film of the year. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. Lady Bird was... Uh, it was a disappointment for me. A disappointment? Oh, my yeah. goodness, Alex. And I want it's to hear not this. a bad thing that it was a disappointment because it wasn't a bad film. It was a great film. I just felt like, for me, 
it was an overhyped film. Um, because when I watched it, I didn't, it, it, um, it just didn't resonate. And you know how you're describing all these films that make you feel something. And for me, I just didn't feel anything when I was watching it. And that could have that. And I wanted to like it more than I did because I love the actors in it. You know, that's, uh, aunt, what's her name from Roseanne. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, Lori Metcalf. Lori Metcalf. And, um, what's her face from, you know, Lady Bird. Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. There you go. I like how I describe these things. Uh, It's okay. I've been kind of butchering names tonight or forgetting them. So, uh, and, um, they're they're perfectly fine. It was a amazing performances. Uh, uh, but, uh, for me, it just, maybe it was how I was feeling that day when I watched it or something. It just didn't hit me the way I thought it was going or supposed to hit me. Sure. Um, and and this is, this is why just one last thing. This is why I try to avoid trailers or, uh, read articles or anything like that. Because for me, um, not all the time, but some of the time, um, uh, films will sit with me if I hear that. And then I have, uh, un, you know, a a very skewed expectation about what it's going to be. And and if it doesn't meet that, then I'm disappointed. So therefore I just avoid the whole darn thing. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I was actually just going to say that. I'm going to say that it's, the the hype for this movie i think kind of is what would turn anybody off who 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 wasn't you know thrilled with it or whatever and i think you fall into that category where yeah the the hype was like a 100 percent on rotten tomatoes or it's almost still perfect or very close to it um and so for it to follow up on that it would have to be basically like the greatest film of the last like however many years according to some you know scores right. of like metacritic and stuff and I don't think it was right, obviously, but no. I think that um, what it does right and what it and 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 it's not a film for everyone, right? And I think that's why no. I really it really connected with me. It, it, to me, this was like uh, Boyhood, but done with a, an actual like story, <laughs> right? Okay, um, yeah, it, sure. where it takes this. Um, it's set in 2003, right? Which is right when you and I were in high school, right? When we were just entering high school. So like yep. everything that's happening in this movie is very relevant to, to what I grew up with, what you and I grew up with in terms of the style and the music and um, the way the way the way school is portrayed. And uh, granted, the I did technology. Yeah, the technology. The exactly. Like obviously this is set in like Sacramento, California. So obviously West Coast, but um, sure. a lot of similarities. And I think that's what really drove it home for me was like this um i mean granted like my, my relationship with my mother is obviously great and doesn't it's not like this at all but um Aww. and i'm also i'm also not like not a female so that there's like you know there's different things but like even beyond all of that i still felt like i i connected more with her character um and in in this point in her life in this very um what's the word uh i'm trying to think of um I can't think of it anyway. Um, I sort of know what you mean. I sort like, of know what like you're she's very easily impacted by things at, at this point. Yeah, not you're, vulnerable, you're girl, when but. you're growing up like that, you don't know what you want to do. You don't know right what, exactly. And, and then you have the you have the whole entire world telling you one thing where you believe another thing, and sure. and it, depending on who you are and who you who you're surrounded with, they're telling you you can or can't do something when you know you can or can't do something for yourself. Right. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it did a very good job at that. Um, yeah, it very just good job. W- was able to. Um, it's so funny. There's like um, 
like they mentioned like Dave Matthews band and like, it's just like some of like the songs, like, it's just so funny. Like a lot of that just like hits like right at like perfect, like at home. I was just like, incredible. Um, and I think that the, like you said, the way that it, it kind of portrays like her, you know, making these big life decisions at such an early age and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I think everyone can kind of, uh, relate to that. Sure. Um, but I think that, like her personality and her offbeat sense of the world and how she presents herself and yes, she's not very herself. conventional, uh, yeah. right. Names herself. Like I, I love that. That's, I feel like that's like, if she would have been a person like I would have like been friends with like in, growing up, you know what I mean? Like it, it's right. something like, I felt like she, um, handled things the way she like, um, displayed herself and how she carried herself is like what I, I feel like that I, I probably kind of wanted to do back then, but like was not like ballsy enough to do it. I was like too much of a whim to be like, Oh, I'm not going to like color my hair. And you know what I mean? Um, sure. But anyway, Ladybird, Fantastic. All right. Two left, Alex. Two left. We got this. All right. It comes at night. Ooh. It comes at night. Obviously. Um, well, actually I do have a spot left to my thing. Did not make my top 10. Okay. Um, and it's on my list because I absolutely hated it. Okay. Was now, this your, what, was this your what, honorable mention or was this? What, uh, this is, um, this is another disappointment for me. Okay, good. We're in well. the same boat here. All right. And I, I, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. It's a disappointment in the, in a sense that, uh, you know, Ladybird was a disappointment where the I, hype. the hype and going into it, I thought it was going to be completely different. Um, than it was. It, it, I think, and and to to be very uh, very you know, I think the the title of the film itself was misleading. Okay, yes. first of all, because it comes at night, you would expect more to come at night. Yeah, spoiler alert: nothing is the answer. Nothing comes at night, and the mystery the mystery of the film, the mystery itself of what was happening in in that world, was so mysterious. The mystery was so mysterious that it left me unsatisfied. Sure. I just didn't didn't understand why they couldn't give us a little bit more. They couldn't, you know, uh, dangle that carrot a little bit more in front of us to give us just something just to wet our wet our whistle. But it left instead left us with left me with so much unanswered. Yeah, and, I have more questions and, than than anything. Yeah, else. exactly, and there, that's not a bad thing. No, it's film. not. But not when the movie literally spends two hours um, building up something that is, so the the movie's kind of like two different things, right? It's mm-hmm. it's building up towards towards the surface level thing of you know what what is this thing that comes at night? Like you know why why can't we go out? Or like what you know what's what are these crazy dreams that this kid's having? What is this, the the grandfather got sick? What did he get sick from? Like what is that's there a, all great. Is there a disease? Um, and, and and all of that's done. But the film is making a statement about like paranoia, right? Like that's like sure. the base of the film. It's about like the human condition about like you know inherently never trusting people and always being paranoid about stuff or expecting the worst right but the film like doesn't really it establishes those things but it doesn't necessarily like answer them with it, it with pr- what it with what it does throughout the film to get to and that and then point. you call attention it calls attention to the fact that it does, it's a disaster film or a you know i wouldn't like an outbreak film but never really gets into it and and that that to me i just I wanted to know. Yeah. I wanted yes. so much more. 
Yeah, I, I think this movie was was straight up um, a victim of uh, misleading advertising. Mm. Where it's it it the, if you were to market this movie the for the movie it is no one would watch it right they yep. they set these trailers and they 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 edit all this stuff up these promotional trailers and and teases and whatnot to make it seem like it's a like a like a survival horror movie almost right like a yeah. self contained survival horror and it's it's not that like not at all. all at all you would not if you know this isn't a spoiler but if you go and watch the trailer you will not believe what's behind that red door. You just won't believe it. You won't. Yeah. And that's, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't it's get not, to it's see just, it. it's, it's, well, I mean, it's the next, I didn't get room. to see what I wanted to see. Behind the red door. It's just, it's just that, it's just that next room. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah, just, it. what is behind the red door? It's, it's the room, the next room. Uh, don't worry guys. It's just, yeah. just another door. It's the room with, the, another with the, with like the plastic wall. Plastic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Spoiler I, alert. Let's not talk about plastic behind that red door. Don't worry about seeing it comes at night. It's on Amazon Video if you're really interested, but the movie yeah. kind of sucks, so don't worry about it. And the last movie, and we're spinning the wheel even though it's Let's literally spin the wheel. movie. But, oh. oh, it's Logan. Hey. It's Logan. This is a fitting end to I the episode because so. uh, you could fill in the blanks here. It was my number nine. Ah, look at that. And I'm guessing it was your uh, honorable mention. There, it right? was my honorable mention, of course. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so... so um, Logan, yeah. I, I mean, I went into detail on my, when I did the little review with Jen, when we did, we reviewed this and mm-hmm. Kong Skull Island, um, had a lot of praise for it. You know, I'm just going to repeat, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail like I did, but you know, that's just the same. I feel the same way about it then, about it now that as I did then, uh, a fitting end to Hugh Jackman's portrayal as Wolverine, Yes, uh, his portrayal as this character and the journey he's been on for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best Wolverine film, his best iteration of it. Um, there were some the, bad Wolverine films. Oh, there were oh, some, yes, bad, there were some horrible. bad Wolverine films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this movie just does everything right. It's not a, and I, this is why when I mentioned earlier, like, um, we're only going to be talking about a couple of superhero movies this whole episode, but this is, this is what I, I, this is what we needed for a superhero movies, right? So much like Deadpool when that came out last year and was very different and offbeat. This is very much the same realm, but like in a, in a different aspect, right? It's, it, it's a super, it's not even like a superhero movie. I mean, it is, but it's, it's like more of like an action drama movie, um, that is about some higher level stuff, right? In terms yeah. of like his character and, and passing the torch and it wasn't um, all about the claws, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you know, you, you, you learn more about, uh, you know, Wolverine and Logan in this film than with, with just a few scenes of dialogue and, uh, mm-hmm. that you do f- from six other movies that, that he was in. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, more to this guy than just time with, right. With and that's daddy it. and daughter. And that's what we needed. Um, yeah. You really get a sense of him and his relationship with Professor X, which was just heartbreaking, straight oh up God. heartbreaking uh, in, in, in a great way. Um, yeah. You know, he, he Patrick uh, Stewart, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Almost blanked on that. Patrick you Stewart gives, Picard. gives a, <laughs> yeah. Captain Luke, Luke, Jean-Luc Picard gives uh, a fantastic Patrick performance. Um, yeah. He's great. I think everybody is really great in this. I, there's, there's a couple missteps um, that the movie certainly takes. It's not perfect, but like I, I, I just, it's so easy to ignore the things that didn't work because so much of the rest of the movie works so well that I, if, I just, if love this it. movie wasn't and another thing for me, if this wasn't rated R because 
that's just who he is. He's just a really rough yes. and tumble kind of dude. And, and you needed this movie to be R to actually make it to tell a Logan story, you know, to tell a Wolverine yeah. story. We, we I, it needed needs this. to be a little yeah. more gritty and raw and real. And it had that, you know, raw, real relationship with his daughter and with professor X and, but also just, it could go to places that you couldn't go to in a, you know, a PG 13 film. Um, you could say fuck, you could say all these things. Uh, it, and it's not necessarily the cursing. It's more the vi- the violence because he's yeah. such a, uh, uh, enraged person. He's yeah. had, he's been alive for however many years, like forever, yeah. hundreds of years. And that's a lot of, you know, law, uh, uh, love, loving and law and, and loss at the same time. And for, for him sure. to finally have a daughter meant, or, or, you know, the first time we find out that he has a daughter, um, it's, uh, you know, something that just hadn't been explored and he had yep. a lot more to live for at that point and the rage would come out even tenfold. Yeah. It was nice to see like, I mean, not that I think that like, it was nice blood. to see the claws come out. Yeah. To see the claws come out and nice to see blood. Not that I'm saying like, you know, you need to have blood for it to be a good movie. Really? No, of course not. Beyond that. It's just like, it gives you, it gives you more of a sense of the, the rage and the, the chaos and violence that his whole life has been about. Right. Yeah. Um, and it really, that, that puts an extra weight on it, you know, after, especially after so many films of watching him do it. And then like, it's just like, he's tired of it. You know, you, you get, you really get to, you feel the weight of, of what, you know, he's been through, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that, that this was the only superhero movie um, on my list. And I have a feeling this is probably going to be, unless something really comes around that's completely different, it probably will be the last one, especially if if Marvel and DC continue to make the films in the manner that they're making them. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see uh, what's even coming out next year. Uh, uh, the Infinity War, like I don't, the, the I don't Infinity know. War trailer does, does not look interesting to me. I, it's going to be a muddled mess. Uh, Black Panther comes out this week. Yep. Uh, that I... I don't like have an interest for any of this stuff, man. Like I don't, I'm so just burnt out on it. Like I needed something like Logan. Um, they to also had kind a, of grasp you know, onto, you know, contract contractual. Oh yeah. It makes a, a long time. It makes a ton of money. It's a no brainer. And, and in terms of them, you know, people are still going to go see it. I'm sure black Panther is going to make, it's probably going to open with like 50 to like 70 million. I would say if I were to take a guess, which is okay. like, really good uh, especially in february you know it's a, there's a lull right now there's not a lot of movies coming out sure so, um you know a prime real estate prime opportunity for these guys but i just um i i need a little bit more i need more man like i need more. something different not more but i need less is more but make them i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say logan was a good example so i don't know take that for what it's yeah for. You, you know look for well for logan was a rated r movie that was sure. more than than they could do more in a rated R film. And it not, again, doesn't have to do with violence. It's just more, more, just more, more, more. All right. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that was our time. Just, just about, yeah, just about, yeah, we, we, we spun through 26 movies or whatever. So <sighs> that was good. I think we might bring the wheel back next year. We'll yeah. see. Um, I thought we talked about a lot. Is there anything else, anything else that we didn't talk about that, um, you wanted to mention or any other quick, I don't quick think so. I, or anything? I just I think need we to cover everything. You're, there's really. movies on your list that I've, I've just been dying to see and sure. that's what I want to talk about. Just, I want to go watch more movies this year. Yeah. That, that's, I, I didn't get the chance to see, I really wanted to see Florida project. Call me by your name. And, um, uh, 
disaster artist. Um, I didn't get oh, to see yeah. any of those. Uh, a movie called Good Time with Robert Pattinson was supposed to be really good. Uh, anime called Your Name, which is supposed to be incredible. Oh, that was incredible. Um, I you can't believe your name. I just remembered that I saw that movie. Yeah, that was <laughs> incredible. Uh, uh, we could talk about that for just a second. Um, yeah, sure. He's one of my favorite directors. Uh, okay, and, directors. and who is it? Uh, Kato Shenkai, I believe. Let's look. Okay. Let's look it up for the power of the internet. Yeah. Your name. Let's see. 2016. Yep. Yeah. Um, man, he's had some really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, Makoto Shinkai. He did five centimeters per second. He did a silent voice. Um, he did. Uh, I guess Grave of the Fireflies. The girl. Oh, he left. did Grave of the Fireflies. I, I've seen Grave of the Fireflies. It's a really good movie. No, actually. I'm kidding. No, he oh, did none of oh, that he stuff. Didn't? No, oh, he did okay. uh, Garden of <laughs> yeah, Words. Yeah, we going there, dude. <laughs> uh, now let's see. Did he do the Grave of the Fireflies? Let me, let me, let me, let me. I'm trying to put here. the poster for everybody. No, he didn't do Grave of the Fireflies. No, he did oh, uh, the Garden of Words. Five centimeters per second. Um, a, she didn't do a silent voice. What the hell? I guess not. But well, anyway, in any case, you really enjoyed case, it. That's the important part. His visual style is 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 why I like him, and and the for whatever I don't know if he uses the same anima- animation studio every time, but the the I hate to say it, it's like the clouds and the colors and everything, the backgrounds, the everything, the artists. It's just his artistry is so good. I yeah. would watch uh, before you watch your name. I would go out and watch uh, Garden of Words and Five Centimeters Per Second. They're just okay. they're not bloody they're not gory they're just about human the human nature human life and 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 stories it's just stories okay. between two people it's it's great um interesting yeah okay yeah I, that, and this, uh, ha- this has a little bit of a sci-fi element to it yeah I, I understand the the plot is essentially like uh freaky friday mm-hmm. yeah pretty much but yeah it looked really interesting and i heard nothing but good things about it i just wasn't able to like find a copy of it i know it came out on blu-ray a while ago i just like I don't know. I just, I don't know. They market so the crap kind of, out of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say. I actually have a poster of it. It's, it's, it's in the corner That's of my funny. room. I got it for free at a, I don't know, a movie I went to go see and they were counting out like, it wasn't one of those big ones, but like one of those like, sure. I don't know, like those smaller, the smaller ones. ones. Um, but yeah, I have a yeah. copy of it back there. I just, I've never even seen it. So, nice. but all right. Um, okay. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, Alex. Uh, as oh usual, God. it's always a pleasure. Um, I don't course. know how long we still would have been. We still would have had like 15 films ago if, if Sean was <laughs> were here doing yeah, this. Probably. I, I, yeah, probably. We would have been cooking through those. But um, yeah. yeah, it's fun to do every year. And, uh, you know, we have this, this uh, we'll probably do this format from now on. Maybe not like, well, I mean, the wheel I'm totally cool with, but like doing like a stream visual element to it so that people who want to watch it live while we record it, uh, which is which is kind of magical. You know what I mean? You get to see how we do it. Um and have this yeah. visual element to it, so something to look at, and uh, display the lists so you can see what's happening as and, and real time doing it. So appreciate all that. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I love doing this every year. That's yeah, like it's a pleasure. It's always to. it's always fun. You get to. Talk I've already about started. It. I've already started to the, my list of movies from next season. Next of year, course. you've seen like uh, two or three of them already. So Isn't that <laughs> I mean, it is. Field. Yes. So, oh yeah, we'll yeah. certainly talk about that next year. Um, we'll get, yeah, see you in twenty nineteen. There's a lot to talk about yeah. in that movie. Uh, Do you have any uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, actually, um, for anyone listening, I've been or anyone who follows me on Facebook or anything, I've been uh, doing some streaming on Twitch uh, under the name 
Ginzo Gaming, as you can see there on uh, this the thing there. It's at Ginzo Gaming. Um, if you go to twitch.tv slash Ginzo Gaming, I've been streaming. I don't have a set schedule yet. Try to do like two nights a week for like two hours a piece, just doing some streaming and stuff. Uh, I play some vinyls while I play, which is kind of cool. Um, watch me play some video games, have a good time, talk about it's movies. It's a fun and time. Stuff, whatever, I enjoyed so. watching the stream the other night. Yeah. You're playing um, Zelda. Yes, I was. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. Um, I have a wedding coming up. So that's uh, the yes, other, do, the other 90% of my time. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So. And, uh, and then obviously we have uh, HS Networks and the Sounder Show episodes, which um, we are on a, what would you call it, a, uh, a, a hiatus? Is that what you would call it? I don't even know yeah, if we'd call, call it a hiatus, hiatus sure. but um, yeah. it's not that Took we us. stopped doing it. We just, we, we took so long and five years to put all that other stuff together that we just yep. are taking a breather to let it yeah, settle can, in and enjoy the, the off time of not having to have this like, oh, we got to get these edited we got to get this going, you know? Yeah. Life, our lives got, uh, you know, happened and, uh, sure. we got it done in the pace that we, we, we could. Um, if you want to see it, go to, you know, it's, uh, it's on Instagram, um, at this, at Salinor show. Um, guess I have a couple things I could put mm-hmm. on. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm at age 16 on Instagram. I take some pictures. Um, I'm also at unforch foods on Instagram. Yeah. I take some pictures there of, um, you know, yeah, ground food foods. that you find in uh, in New York City. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to say the least. It's good. <laughs> yep. Uh, of course, the Salinor Show. Um, and congratulations, Kyle, by the way, you know, for the Salinor Show. I haven't, you know. Yeah, we. this is the first this time is, we've done like a uh, something recorded on the internet since the release of it back in October. Yeah, so yeah, much. this is like our first reunion since um yeah pretty much yeah i've got i thought we yeah. got some a pretty decent reaction response to it i uh, think so yeah and everyone i talked to who liked it i mean maybe they're just being nice to me but no one said oh yeah that was a piece of crap so that, that's encouraging yeah that's encouraging i would say that's encouraging yeah uh last two things um which i never plug but i probably should plug more often um i work on uh northwood's law on animal mm-hmm. planet go watch it it comes out every uh sunday at nine um, and, uh, Lone Star Law at 10 o'clock awesome. on Animal Planet. So go watch those. Go watch them. They're fun to watch. Keep Alex in employment. Keep me, yeah. Keep me working. <laughs> go watch it. Right. All right. Um, yeah. So that about wraps it up, everybody. I uh, just want to thank everyone for tuning in here and, um, we'll see you next time whenever we do something here or, and also obviously a year from now, give or take, uh, we'll be doing another top 10, but, uh, we'll definitely see you before then for something. So, yes, we uh, will. I'm going to, uh, play some music as everyone exits here and, um, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Catch Thanks you again. next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>